guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Light the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to episode 46 here of the SRP. I'm Colin. Joined, as always, by my two compadres, Ricks. But let's start off with Jacko. Jacko, what's happening, buddy? How's life? Life's good, boys. Life's good. No complaints. Just starting to snow here in Canada where, where we live. So not loving that. I, I love the snow, but it means it's officially golf season. She over. Um, I, I had some friends that played on uh, uh, on Sunday, but it's for me. Sticks are underneath the stairs. Actually, I polished them up the other day too a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm gonna give them a little wash before I put them in into hibernation. But yeah, who knows? There might be a little indoor golf for me working with Whitey over the next little while. Get the game in shape for next year. But uh, anyways, yeah, the things are good. But Rick's, what about you, bud? Ten feet of snow up in Thunder Bay or what? What's happening, boys? I was going to say, like, uh, snow in Canada happened about a month and a half ago. You guys just live in the <laughs> southernmost part of it. But uh, things are good. Um, busy with other stuff other than golf now. But uh, I'm happy we get to watch golf this week. Um, as far as, uh, I guess, it's we're into December now. So uh, we did a little Christmas gift preview. If you haven't had a chance, listen back on that podcast. It gets, gets some good gift ideas out there. And for me, that means I get to maybe revamp some things in my bag or look at some accessories. I still have my mustache. I haven't shaved it since uh, since it looks September. good. For those exactly. who are listening, you can't see it, but it looks good right now. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I might I might keep it going for a couple more weeks. I uh, I haven't I decided would. yet, but I uh, I'm looking forward to one testing some new gear. I, I mean, I think all three of us have our eyes on those tricks and irons, and I uh, I can't wait to get into some driver conversation probably later in the spring. But my research my research starts now, so I'll keep you guys posted on what's going in the bay. Other than that, let the good times roll. That's you know it. what that stash looks like, Ricks? You're look a shocking resemblance to Farva's partner right now. Like Ramathorn? <laughs> I like it. I'll take that. That's like that's like one of my top five mustaches I ever. If you would have said Jeff Ogilvie, Johnson Wagner, I would have taken anything. I was like I was that. thinking Eric Carlson. You got an Eric Carlson look going right now. A little bit, yeah. The Scandinavian, yeah, a little Scandinavian stash. Just because like we don't get that side stuff, so we really need to bring it with the with the stash up front. But hey, you know what? I'm happy this year. I had a great November. Um, it came in thick, came in full. By day twenty, like I was starting to get some compliments, and now now we're into December. And I like I said, I might keep it for another week. Plus, uh, the junior team my coach is on a winning streak, so I'm not shaving it until we lose. <laughs> or taking off the gitch but uh you brought up after doing that gift idea like i'm fired up for gifts and and i will say we're uh we're interviewing mitch mitchell theoret uh who's yeah. taylor pendris caddy this week so awesome interview there but uh yeah after doing those different gift ideas i found myself for at least two hours that same day just checking out what irons what wedges i need what kind of driver i'm actually might keep my driver that I got right now, but all the other equipment I was pumped. No, for. it's time you need you need something new. You need a full fitting in the driver. Yeah, if I hit it like Simo, I'd never change it. So that's where I like the driver giver. You you hit the driver so good, but I think there's an extra fifteen in a driver for you, just waiting for you for sure. Wow, I've been looking for that extra fifteen for eight years. I, I, I honestly, I, I look what I got with when I switched to the sim. I went from the M2 to the Sim. You're the the same situation. I think you got yeah. I, I'd say an extra fifteen. 
you don't miss the center of the face too. So the sim benefits you like more than most people. Um, but I, I think that, I think it's a little more in there for you. But who knows? We'll, we'll get you fitted in something. I will say this about Christmas time. I, I really hate receiving gifts. I'm not a huge fan of it. But when I do get a gift, I prefer like something I'm actually going to use. So I do throw a lot of hints out there and I try and help family members out because I'm a little bit older now. There's no there's no such thing as surprises. If I want something, I just go and buy it. There's nothing better than giving someone a gift that they're like, yes, I'm going to use this. I need this. This is something I didn't want to buy. And uh, that's where I stand on that for the holiday season. I just actually... Uh, I just bought something. Uh, it's in a Secret Santa gift exchange, so I can't I can't say who it's for because uh, they may or may not listen to this podcast. But I was entirely jealous of what I bought uh, bought this guy, and I was I was I, I I'm excited to give it to him. Uh, but it's it's so good. It's one of the, one of my best Secret Santas ever, um, and it's it it's useful. It's not like a shitty secret Santa gift where it's just, Oh, it's funny. And you throw it away. Like you uh, can't tease it this much and not share what it, it is. Well, is you know? it a golf item or just a, it's yeah. It's so I, I actually messaged Colt Nost, uh, to ask him what, what's his speaker that they use. And it's okay. the rock form speaker money on the golf. Course, you mean? Yeah. The, their golf course speaker, oh. the one that, uh, they use magnets right to the, the post of the cart thing doesn't move waterproof and she pumps does it come with a microphone so you could karaoke and my have we might we could probably plug something in well, there the accessory <laughs> but I'll, i will say this out of all my friends if i wanted one person to get me a gift for christmas like secret santa it's for sure giver <laughs> i was <laughs> just about to say that <laughs> like, what a uh, gift <laughs> like not not everyone knows giver as well as we do of course but like if, if there's one thing that you could never doubt on about gibbers he's going 150 percent on every little thing he does and secret sound is one of those like because like the throwaway gifts i'm kind of over those now too mm-hmm. like yeah, i feel I, like gibbers gibbers spending 50 g's this christmas easy <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no, i hope not <laughs> we'll see when i get the credit card bill well, your secret that. santa's getting up and you're you're giving people range finders for secret <laughs> santa like what's a real <laughs> gift gonna be you know you gotta get, you gotta up your game now. Family members listen to this, and a secret Santa gets a range finder, and I end up with a fucking dozen golf balls. I'm gonna be pissed. I was getting a pack of tees, like a handful of the CHC tees. No, I, actually, I've been I've been on fuego with the the Christmas gifts this year. My old man's getting a good one too. Um, my buddy Parks, we always exchange gifts every year. We've done it for just about thirty years now. We know Gibber. We get the emails. I know you do. <laughs> it's it's gonna be fire. I I put some effort into that one. Uh, so he listens, so he better uh, reciprocate and get me something good. You know what? He should sympathize with me and Simo because we've been fielding emails for like eight months. I feel <laughs> like, but that's okay. Yeah. You know what? Like we did like that gift thing. We did the gift thing last week, and but you know we haven't heard from Gibber. I think we should get Gibber's input because I think if there's someone who's pretty good at giving gifts, it's Gibber. So maybe we should go with Gibber's input on these gift ideas. Gibber, if you haven't got a chance, last week we did the the Christmas gift uh, price range. Uh, me and Simo broke it down. We want to hear your opinion quick, just because we're getting into the holiday season. I, I put Simo on the spot and I said, "What's the best gift you can get someone for under a hundred bucks, and what's the worst gift you can get someone for under a hundred bucks?" The best gift under a hundred, I'm either going a couple like a, a couple personalized Pro V's, like the a couple dozen. Uh, you get them on sale Christmas time. Sometimes they get the 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 three for two special. Uh, you get them personalized, and because that's that's useful, uh, you can usually stay under hundred bucks with that. Uh, or big fan of golf gloves. Uh, 
versatile. Everyone likes nice golf mitts. No one likes paying money, <laughs> a lot of money for them. Uh, so I would say best under 100 there. Worst uh, for over 100, you said? No, under 100. Worst under 100 now. Oh, worst under 100 is if someone buys me a piece of golf equipment. If there's one person who's going to buy me golf equipment, it's going to be this guy. Um, what what I, kind of golf equipment are you getting for under 100 bucks? You, you'll get you'll get someone. That's what I mean. Like, it's on the worst ta- gift. Strap on it, towel. It's it's the worst gift you can get. Someone, oh, uh, I got you this. This you. Know, someone goes to golf town. Oh, this wedge was on sale for you know eighty five ninety nine, and it's a a Vokey SM five. You know, thirty five oh, degrees of bounce. <laughs> but Simone needs new group. Like the, the one offs. Um, I'd say that that would be the worst gift you can get. Um, okay, sorry, I want to cut, cut you off here before you keep going here. Um, <laughs> range from one hundred to three hundred. What's the best gift you can get and the worst gift you can get? Ooh, best gift you can get for one hundred to three hundred is definitely a rock form speaker. I found this out. Um, definitely yeah. the best one you can get, um, or something like that, like a nice Bose speaker for the cart. Just something you know. You're going out with the boys, have a couple of beers. Nice, have the tunes going. Okay, and the worst. The worst. I've got a golf bag for Christmas before. I know it was probably an expensive one. I'm particular with the golf bag. They're expensive, and I I feel bad, but just a golf bag I never ended up using. Okay, that's uh, honesty. And then the best gift you can get from five hundred to a thousand bucks. Five hundred to a thousand bucks. Ooh, I would say the best gift from five hundred to a thousand bucks is a gift that's just a like a. And it's a gift certificate for a driver fitting. Best okay. gift you can get someone. That's what Stan, that. and, and I both went with. And what's driver the worst fitting. gift? What's the worst gift you can get someone? A prepackaged set of golf clubs. You buy them in a box. You get you get the bag, the putter, <laughs> and all. It's like a Wilson box. I just I just earned a new. What's your handicap? That's fantastic. Um, Funny thing is, my old man sells those. Like it's going. I know, man. It's those are crazy. Like I mean, I get it. Like if you're not into golf, you're not gonna go piece together a set. You're just like, no, I need to golf. I need golf clubs. Um, but speaking of last podcast, and me and Simo, someone dropped the ball on our. Uh, on our saying there's no event, but did we drop the ball? Because I would argue that the advertising or the hype behind the match number five uh, wasn't out there. Um, Cause I didn't see it really anywhere when we were preview, uh, previewing uh, our podcast, they were talking about it, um, but it did happen. Uh, Phil and uh, Charles Barkley against uh, Manning and uh, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, I thought it was uh, maybe one of the better matches or more entertaining. I didn't watch the whole thing. I would just watch clips of it. Um, and uh, yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, they raised $5.4 million for charity. So those matches are, get a thumbs up in my book. But what do you guys think about the golf? A couple of things. First thing, you mentioned how one, okay, yeah, we missed it. But it, it just goes to show you how much Tiger moves the needle. When Tiger was playing in that match, the entire world knew about it. People stopped what they're doing. They drop what they're doing. They're logging in on their phone and bus station trying to watch that match. And just like, and then you look at all of those, they're all big names, but it wasn't, didn't have the hype that when, you know, Tiger was playing Phil or we you know Tiger and Brady and Phil and, 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 uh, and Manning. Um, I, I thought the entertainment was great. Charles Barkley is hilarious. Um, but I, I like when they had Shaq in there and Shaq was like, Charles, what are you doing reading the put? You can't even read a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I like that. Like, I think these little exhibition matches are, are really good for the game. Uh, I do feel bad. Um, Steph Curry is kind of getting just posterized online right now saying, you know, he's not a good golfer. Steph Curry's 
that's a sick offer. Handicap may be a little lower than what it actually is, but the guy's a stick. Like he's also like he's a multi-sport athlete. The guy could the guy could probably go play in the NFL if he won. Let's be honest. Who knows? Like he's just so talented in everything he does. But the the golf community kind of kind of went at him. And then you've had a, a few of the, the the folks going back and forth saying, you know. He's playing Corn Ferry Tour events and shot 74, 74, 71. And like that, that's some pretty damn good golf and would support the plus one handicap. But who knows? He, he may not be exactly a plus one. I, I definitely would consider him a scratch. Uh, plus one at your normal tracks. At that track, that was a hard ass golf course. So uh, I'd say, yeah, maybe you know, he didn't have it going that day. Uh, you can get eaten alive on a golf course pretty quick. Look at Gray Silo with me. Simo? <laughs> Yeah, first of all, but like, why do they play such hard golf courses in these events? Why don't they like take them to a track with like bigger fairways and like not like going straight into the desert? Give them well, some Phil, room Phil for the court, right? Yeah. 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 I will say uh, Phil needs to have a microphone on him every single event. He is outstanding at the commentary. Anytime I you get Phil, Chuck. I want a microphone on him when he goes to the grocery store or when, he, when he does guy. anything. Anytime you have Chuck awesome. in an event, it's a win. Like Charles Barkley moves the needle in that way. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Uh, my one point is you can't watch the the match in Canada. So that was a pain in the ass. I ended up watching actually the highlights on YouTube. So, I streamed uh, it. Yeah. Like a legal little stream or whatever. Yeah. Not all of us like to break the lie there, Ricks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, why, why in Canada do we just get absolutely shit on with stuff like that? Like the fact that we're not being able to watch that. I mean, probably... If they did, it would have raised some more money for sure. But um, based on what I saw with the highlights, it was a good event. I mean, it's not something that I like. I'm super pumped to tune into, you know, 3 p.m. I have to watch it. But it was entertaining watching kind of like the the highlights of the event for me. And kudos to them raising so much money. And considering we didn't know what was happening on Friday and it was yeah. a Wednesday or Tuesday when we recorded, I think that's a, somewhat of an issue. But I, I haven't been on bouncing around on Twitter as much lately, so maybe I just missed it. That's that's on me. Um, I will say this: Did you guys see the someone like uh, Photoshop the picture between Phil and Charles Barkley and they swapped yeah. heads? <laughs> Nice. That, that is that was like one of the funnier pictures i i've seen and then uh just going back to the steph curry thing like a plus one handicap i get it had a bad day um we're all single digits we've shot in the 80s before i'm sure of it um i you know the internet trolls i would just love if like in some raw form they had to like they had their official handicap in the computer and that year's club championship scores because I know for sure when someone gets like actually counting score totally. or, like, or playing tournament golf or like you have a pressure shot on the back nine because you created it on the front, um, 92% of the time the score is higher than the handicap. Handicap is to playing to potential. And if you have a bad day, you could easily be 10 ahead of it and ask if they have to like actually post their scores anonymously or whatever, they would all be high like that. So. Well, and one can of the, park as much as they want. One of the best arguments I saw is the best golfer on the planet right now is Dustin Johnson. A couple months ago, he shot rounds back to back, eighty two, eighty three, or something like that. Yeah, He's a Matt ever, ever, tweet. Yeah, everybody's human. Like, yeah, Dustin Johnson is far none the best golfer right now, and yeah, he's capable of shooting in the eighties. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have a bad day on a golf course, man, and especially for him. Like, I think Max was saying, like he's not used to that stage too, right? Like that's the whole world's watching, right? And you're also playing with AirPods in your ears. That's different as much as people say, that you know, it shouldn't bother you. But like 
you don't practice with AirPods in your ears. Like when you're actually playing, you might hit nugs on the range a little bit with them in, but it's just different. Too many excuses there. Uh, you know, he <laughs> plays in, he plays in front of a ton of people and arguably plays in front of way more people than Tiger Woods on a daily basis in the NBA pressure to him in front of a TV camera. And like, there wasn't that many people there. I mean, the pressure to him is, is not, I mean, yeah, he's playing a different sport, but he's also played a corn fairy tour event and he played pretty good in a corn fairy tour event. I think he just had a bad day. You know, it's yeah, tough, yeah. right? Like it's a tough look. Sometimes golf's one of those ones where you get one squirrely mm-hmm. and you can have a rough go. Oh, yeah. Like and we, and we've all been there playing with someone new and they're like, Oh my God, this guy sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh I, I will we will move on from that and i uh we brought up the pnc father-son challenge last week um but i also read that uh justin thomas has a grudge match against uh charlie charlie woods, woods. I, I this was on my list to bring up too ricks i i love that charlie is just like soul man getting in uh, trying to get in everyone's kitchen you know certainly he requested to play with with jt and mike and in, in the pnc like not he's big time in everyone already and i love it uh, I will say this. I started with a bogey, not mentioning the match last week. I also said uh, uh, Charlie Woods was nine years old last week. So I was three over through two holes uh, on last week's podcast. He's, he? 11. He? He's, He's 11. 11. 11. Oh, gotcha. yeah. That makes yeah. more sense. I may I messed that up. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, but Simo, what do you think? I'm fired up for it. Okay. Yeah. Just, it'll bring eyes to the TV, just like Giver said. Tiger right. Or you said Tiger moves the needle. And that's, but that's what we pay attention that- to. That might be one of the most watched golf events in a long time because, one, people get to see Charlie Woods. And it's also Tiger's doing things now that no one ever thought he would have. Um, and obviously, he's a dad. Like, kid wants to go play in the PNC. Yeah, let's do it, bud. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I would argue right? that and, the Masters was somewhat recent. That had a lot of eyes on it. But. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, like, uh, you know, you look at something like this, like, it's something I, I – Say our generation never thought would have thought we would have seen Tiger do, and obviously, I think he has a lot of ever since the surgery and the injury uh, has a different perspective on not only golf but life in general. And like, because he like, I've read a bit of his biography saying like when he had the surgery, uh, he couldn't move and just like legit was in the lazy boy at home all day. Charlie and Sam go to school. He'd be a lazy boy when they came home and couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And, and now being able to do these things, I think it's it's pretty neat to see. Oh, okay. uh, that's all I really have to say about that. Do you have anything else, Simo, or no? Okay. Uh, aside, aside from this, I, I did want to bring – I don't know if we've ever talked about this before. I think we may have brought it up just slightly. But in my life, I want the gig that Jeff Knox has, I believe is his name. I don't know if you guys know who Jeff Knox is. Yeah, the scorer at the Masters. Yeah. Could you imagine being the guy that gets to play at Augusta? Every, like He's a member at Augusta. But it gets to play in the Masters every year when, when they have an odd number of people make the cut and you play Saturday, Sunday. He goes, oh, I'm just not going to play Thursday, Friday. I'll be there on Saturday and Sunday, though, boys. I'll be ready. Anyway, like, he's made Eagles before. Like I think uh, in 2014, he straight up beat Rory McIlroy. Like, Un- unofficial beat of McIlroy, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I like, like that. The guy's a legend, man. Yeah. like that. That's one thing. I like. Obviously, he's got to be absolutely flat out loaded to be a member at Augusta for one. So he's done something right in his life. But then just to, to be able to like have the chair of, of the mat or the, the board of mat, the masters pick you to be the guy, like they could pick anyone and he, he's their go-to and he's done it for years now. Do you think, it, you think they have club championships at Augusta national? I don't think so, but I don't it, think so. I, I, I don't think, think so either. 
It'd be sweet. I, I, honestly, like I, I bet you play event? at Augusta National Men's outside night? of <laughs> – Could you imagine what that is? <laughs> um, but I, I think you could probably – I would say under under 500 rounds of golf a year at Augusta. Yeah, it's like I, no I, one's – every time you go there, you don't see anyone. That's like the whole yeah. mystery of it. And I'd play um, yeah. 350 of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have man, met people I, that have played Augusta. They said they didn't see anyone out there. Which is cool. Um, I wouldn't imagine you would. It's like when you go play Redtail uh, in London. You don't see anyone there. But this, obviously, Augusta isn't on a whole new scale. <laughs> um, but it's, that's fantastic. But, yeah, that, I was just going through. I was like, man, that guy's got the life loaded. <laughs> Member of Augusta and gets he's he's their man for the if you got an odd number he's playing in the Masters. I uh, moving on from that I did see that the PGA Tour and European Tour announced a partnership. Have you got, did you guys look into that or read into that? I saw it. I didn't see a lot of it, but I I, I when I saw a partnership, I I, I really liked that. Um, I don't know. You, you explain a bit more of what they're doing. So just the main part, like so they have a partnership with like scheduling, um, mutual advertising for both tours and uh, their playing memberships are going to be more like, it's like kind of more seamless, I would say um, between exemptions between both tours. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that like the PGA tour just wanted the media guy for the European tour. Cause that <laughs> like they're dominant with, uh, with their media relations, relationships and, and they, they have the best content at, content that trumps pga tour by a million and uh i think they just wanted that guy but good for good for the game for sure yeah i think do you think do you think they're trying to work towards some like you know we have the fedex cup and they have the race to dubai do you think they're somewhat trying to work towards having one massive uh like global tour Uh, because like no you think there's always gonna be north america the pga tour and then Kind of like you'd have, you know, the NHL and, and, and you know all the other European leagues like the K and the Dell and, and such like that over there. Yeah, I, w- I would go against calling this one. I think there's going to be shared points uh, at some point that still leads to like a FedEx Cup, like it's going to be the PGA Tours thing. But I think mm-hmm. there's going to be more opportunities to earn those on the European Tour or on a global scale because we the LPGA has done it. They're a way more global tour than both the European Tour and uh, PGA Tour. I think they're going to have an ultimate goal of having a world tour. But uh, but the demand and TV ratings might resist that just because the, the North American PGA Tour is a staple right now. But I think they're going to try and make something blend a little I, bit more. I, I can't see a world tour. I could see what you had said before about how them sharing points in certain events. So it allows some European uh, top European players to get into a FedEx Cup race and allows some top PGA Tour players to get into a uh, race to Dubai. But I, I can't see them merging into one tour. I think the travel would be way too much. And like, w- what would the field size be like? But like, uh, like, sorry, the the ladies do travel that much though. Um, so they're they're traveling way more than the men. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say this. I hope this partnership. I don't know what the effect on the Ryder Cup it has, but the fact that you have to be a European Tour member to play in the Ryder Cup for Team Europe, it bothers me so much. Um, I understand you can like pay your membership dues and only have to like play X amount of events. Like uh, Paul Casey missed it that one year. That sucks because he was one of the best players in the world and he missed the Ryder Cup for Europe. Like, I, I hope you don't have to play as many or maybe like play two European events. And if you play enough on the PGA Tour, you you earn that exemption or the ability to get picked in the Ryder Cup. Totally. And I will say or, there are or- a ton of uh, young stars on the European tour that if came over and, and like there's some Saturdays and Sundays where I'll wake up, have a coffee, 
first thing in the morning, you throw on a little European tour golf, really mm-hmm. boring to watch, but I love it. <laughs> that, that's you what know? I was going to say. It is very boring. It's really bland. And you're watching for golf, the commentary and the European tour is garbage. It's not good. It's very <laughs> slow, but it's very cool. calming. If you're looking for a meditative yeah. practice, put on the European tour and just maybe close your eyes for a bit. Good nap. I will say this. They don't don't try and instruct you on how to hit a bunker shot, which I really appreciate. They're a lot more like formal with their delivery, which I kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. But like they're, they're missing like kind of the excitement factor. And I feel like they keep the feet on like an extra five seconds with every single golf shot they show. Like the (laughs) the ball ends, it like rolls out. The guy's just like done, done talking about the shot and the ball's just sitting on the green for like a delayed, response almost on the european tour so it slows down the coverage big time but i just don't think they have as many cameras out there so it, yeah like they can't time it up as well but um i, I love watching the european tour like you say, said it's amazing say i i like watching it because like you know Brit, like open championship or british open week is one of my favorite weeks of the year and i love just watching that style of golf because it's something you don't see uh in north america obviously and it's true link style golf and it, you see just the different, like it's uh, the more artistry in it. I find like, you know, I, as much as we say, like right now, golf in North America is a bomber's paradise. You're just trying to hit it as absolutely as far as possible. Whereas over there, it's more strategy off the tee. You're looking, you know, okay, well, there's these moguls in the fairway. If, you know, if I hit the wrong side of that mogul, I'm in, in the, or the, or the gorsh or whatever they call it <laughs> in Scotland. Uh, and there's more that goes into it and, or like bump and runs from like 120 yards. I think that stuff's real cool. So the imagination that has to go into European golf, I think is what you miss in North America. But I think, but that's, you know, you see some of that at Augusta. Yeah, I will say like, uh, most events on the European tour aren't played on link style. Like the game's still played in the air, but there's a lot more like weird trouble. Like, uh, so tee shots, like you, you really can't miss left and you can't hit driver. Like you really have to strategize that way. And there's a lot more like, uh, I wouldn't say penalizing, but weird situations you get yourself in. It's not just like bomb and gouge, like the PGA tour style. So like they do play obviously tree line park, like golf courses, but like there's, there's weird trouble in certain areas that like, they just can't hit driver every hole or um, they still try and play it through the air, but you have to be really cautious of where you miss it. Yeah. Oh, I think you see all those videos, like, like people hitting like shots, like they're banking it off of like a stone wall. That shit only happens in Europe. Uh, Like, yeah, like things like that, and just or you see that only in Europe. But uh, I don't know. It's yeah, different different golf for sure. But yeah, it's the commentary is a bit slow, so you got to really really like golf. And I think the the other trouble too is they're not all a lot of the time they're playing in the rain or it's dreary, it's cloudy. It's not like you're getting vibrant sun all the time like you are in in North America. So I think that that plays into it, which is why it creates for a great nap sometimes. All right. Uh- Gents, let's uh, let's jump into today's interview. Mitchell Theoret, episode two here of the Caddy series. Uh, Mitch is a caddy for Taylor Pendrith. So uh, oh boy. you all know TP. Pendy, <laughs> we're not calling him TP. I just called him TP. But uh, we all know Pendy, and, and Mitch is an awesome guy. Very, very entertaining interview that you guys are really going to love. And I and I will say this: we did have some audio issues. I did I did try and talk over Gibber because there was an audio delay about forty times during this. So please bear with us on that one. But hopefully, Simo uh, cut her up enough to make us sound uh, half decent, like he always does. We'll work it through. But uh, without further ado, let's jump into today's interview with Mitch. Enjoy, Mr. Huff. Mr. Jeaner is ready for your interview. 
Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. Dazzling, dilated, display a new sound. We all lie on stage. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another uh, interview here on the Sunday Red Podcast. Joining us today on the SRP is a former seventh-round pick of the New York Islanders. He's a former Niagara Ice Dog, Barry Colt. Played two seasons overseas before hanging up the blades to become a caddy for our boy Taylor Pendrith. Little-known facts. He's a massive T-Swift fan. Is the only caddy that can truly, and I mean truly, pull off the short toot combo. And when he isn't on the bag... He's baton twirling. He's a baton twirling enthusiast. In fact, fun fact, he attended the 2018 World Baton Twirling Championship held in Kissimmee, Florida, where he got backstage passes to meet Team Japan. Cool stat. Mitch, welcome to the podcast, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I don't know where you got those facts from, but they're pretty Our, good. Colin <laughs> digs internet. deep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Colin digs deep. You never know what's in, in uh, the old black hole of the internet, but how's it going, man? Things are well? Yeah, it's going good. Enjoying the time off, but uh, itching to get back at it, especially mm-hmm. with the, the cold weather here. Like when I got up on Sunday and I saw the snow, I was like, man, get me back to Florida. <laughs> get me back somewhere <laughs> Where warm. Where are you right now? Sorry. Uh, I'm in Kitchener. So Kitchener's home for me. Uh, hopefully not for too much longer. Any right word on, on uh, when the next event is? I know when we talked to Pendy, he had uh, kind of hoped maybe he'd get into to the next event there on the PGA Tour. Any word on that? Uh, I haven't heard about uh, if he got in or not uh, to that Mexico event. But I guess after that, um, the Corn Ferry, I think, starts up mid-February. Um, not sure if he's going to try to do any Mondays or put in for any other uh, sponsors' exemptions. But till then, I'm just hanging out and getting ready to go for February. Right what's on. on the What's on the schedule? What's on the docket right now in the off-season for, yeah, uh, for say, a PGA what Tour the, caddy? What's the what schedule is, like? Let's say the off-season oh, training regimen. <laughs> Well, the first two weeks, quarantine, when I got home, and then uh, I was actually working my old job that I worked in college just for, you know, whatever. Yeah. So they're pretty good. My boss there, big golf guy, he listens to the pod. Um, Nice. He lets me come back in and help out near the end of the year, so I was good. But uh, for now, until the start, I guess, just hanging out, playing video games, doing a little working out, keeping shape. What's the go-to video game? What's what's the one? Oh, man, probably Call of Duty play like warzone all day yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of sad to say but yeah and then usually at night i'll jump on nba and play with a few buddies but it's only like a two 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 game rotation i'm uh, really feeling right now yeah, not much more i've that. heard nothing but good things about nba games i've never played one myself i was always like probably call of duty back in the day and like maybe nhl but nba seems to be uh blowing off i coach minor hockey and junior hockey as well those kids love nba games they each position lock and they have their own uh, their own thing going um but we are pr- primarily a canadian podcast and i and um the the big thing that stands out it's the first time we've talked to like a one a major junior graduate and two someone that's been well drafted in the nhl and also has played pro hockey um so maybe go through the golf side of things when you're playing uh, major junior hockey, were you always a fan of golf? Were you always golfing with buddies or is that something that came after your career? Uh, I played a lot of golf growing up. Um, There's like a little night around the corner from my house. My parents would drop me off there in the morning. I'd play 36 and then uh, they'd pick me up. I'd usually be pissed off because I couldn't break a hundred, but <laughs> I guess uh, times have changed now. 
uh, golf game's gone a bit better. But, uh, like, nice. even when I played junior and played pro, like, every time in the summer it was, it was golf. I mean, I'd rather be golfing than in the gym or skating, mm-hmm. especially with the short season up here. So more more so now I get to be on the golf course, not not playing as much still. But, uh, I mean, getting to watch some pretty good golf every day is, is not a bad trade off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, how do your girl- teammates uh, – Oh, sorry, Gibber. Out of your teammates, is there a notable guy that's just always been a stick on the golf course that we'd maybe we'd recognize the name? There's a there's a few guys I played junior with. Like Friesen's good at golf. Alex Friesen, he's a good golfer. Okay. Uh, Andrew Agazino. Mm-hmm. Um, then more my age, like Ryan Strom, Brett Ritchie. The, I played with them in Niagara, and I mean they go out and they shoot like 78, 79s, and like if they play real well, they'll, they'll shoot around par. So uh, you know if. The hockey guys want to get out. We can have a pretty competitive game. All right on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and Gibber has mutual friends. Sorry, and that's the age category we went uh, to Brock University with. We started in 08. Did you start 08 or 09, Gibber? Sorry, you went uh, to Waterloo for a year. I went to Waterloo for the first couple of years, um, but technically I started university in 2009. Okay, so I was 08, but that was like the same because I was living in St. Catharines. That's kind of the same age category that we were. Uh, when we were playing at Brock University ourselves. But yeah, I know I, I know Freeze's game. Freeze just does like he's a big fairway guy. Doesn't hit it overly long, but he he's a great partner to have and he he just keeps her going down the center and doesn't really mess up. But uh what I was gonna ask, so you, so you say you grew up playing a lot of golf. Um but how did you get linked up with Pendy? Because uh, you were playing in Europe at the time, I believe, and then what was in you know in the decision to come back and start working with Pendy? Uh, so my cousin, when Taylor got on the corn fair the first time, my cousin caddied for him for two years. And then uh, when Taylor came back to the McKenzie Tour, uh, he had a tournament in Windsor and he was looking for a host family to stay with. And I had a good buddy I played at Ryerson with. Uh, and I asked him and he's like, yeah, come on down. And then Taylor's like, well, why don't you just caddy for me? And I was like, sure, might as well. I've never done it before. Try to not be in your way too much. And we had a good week. I think he finished fourth or fifth that week. And then uh, I went back over to Europe that fall and uh, came back the next spring. And he's like, you want to keep doing some events? I was like, yeah. So I think I did I I did eight of the 12 or 13 events. Um, I was there. I wasn't there for the win in Edmonton. I was actually at a buddy's wedding. <laughs> so that kind of that kind of yeah. sucked. But I was there in Montreal when he won, which was awesome. Uh, and then after London, I was kind of debating not playing anymore or what I was going to do in the future. And he's like, well, why don't you come, come with me and give the corn fairy tour a kick at the can. And I was like, well, we got nothing much going on. So sure. Might as well. And, uh, I mean, we had a pretty damn good year. I'd say, uh, he played really well. Yep. Um, I think we only missed three or four cuts, which is pretty good. And then, uh, the top 25, the S open was just nice, uh, cherry on top. Not bad yourself, but uh, so what did your cousin say when you just essentially told him the smell? Uh, I think I didn't really. Talk. <laughs> no, he he had he had a uh, he'd gone into teaching. Uh, he's a teaching pro now in uh, in BC, so he sort of moved on uh, with his life in a different way, and he got married and all that good stuff. So uh, the opportunity was just there. It was you know he was looking for someone, and I think he felt pretty comfortable with me, knowing me pretty well since we were kids. Uh, so things sort of just fell into place uh, at the right time. Oh, right so you on. guys kind of like knew each other growing up. Yeah, I've probably known Taylor since we were 10, 11 years old. 
Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so I got to know him through my cousin, and we used to go down uh, to Tennessee every Christmas on a golf trip. It'd be like me and my two, two or three cousins, my uncle. He'd take us down. We'd go play for a weekend, three, four days, and then we drive back. So I've known Taylor, I mean, it's probably 16, 17 years now. Wow. Oh, awesome. And those first few events, how many strokes did you take off his game, or how many strokes did you add to his game? I don't know. Probably, probably added a few those first two weeks in Bahamas. Um, I mean, the first the first couple of events, I was just trying to do stuff not to get him penalized, like because I didn't really know the rules from a caddy standpoint. And like, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll never touch the ball, or you know. And if there's anything ever in question, I sort of ask him, like, "Can I do this?" And uh, he'll give me the nod and be like, "No, get the hell away from there." So uh, I haven't caused him too many. I actually haven't caused many penalty strokes, but uh, I'm sure there's a few uh, decisions that I've enforced upon him that might have cost him. But I'm also pretty confident that it might have gone the other way too. Sometimes <laughs> you're talking him into going for the you know par five out of the rough. Ah, you, you can get there. <laughs> uh, there's not a par five I've ever seen that he can't go for. No, so it's yeah. always it's always a little nudge. Like let's get it there, or let's uh, get it down there. Totally. What's the biggest thing you learned, like, to say your first full year of caddying? What's, like, the biggest thing from an outside perspective, people who haven't been on a bag before? What's the one thing that, like, kind of stands out to you? Probably just course management. Um, you know, every, you know, weekend warrior golfer is like, oh, driver this, driver that. You know, get down near the green. Watching him and sort of, you know, being able to pick other caddies' brains apart, you sort of figure out the spots where, you know, you might want to miss. The, if you're going to miss, you this is where you want to miss it or – you know, if you have a, a tight par four, but it's not too long, you know, obviously driver might not be the case, but I mean, sort of just the course management and, you know, uh, the way you look at the game has uh, really changed for me. Cool. What are, uh, what are the caddy parties like? Are there caddy parties and what goes on in the caddy party world? We want to I, haven't, I haven't been to any caddy parties yet because of <sighs> COVID, but I'm sure, uh, I mean, I've met a lot of good guys out there that I keep in contact with almost every day now still. And, uh, you know, they're fun. They're a fun bunch of guys to be around. That's for sure. Totally. Right. Once COVID passes, we'll, we'll hear some caddy party stuff. Yeah. You'll, oh, you'll yeah, have to get me was... back on and I'll share all the details. 100%. I'd rather get um... those in some PGA tour, uh, <laughs> tour stories. I feel like <laughs> oh, the parties definitely. that they have. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. We're but, more uh, taller down here. What goes into <laughs> your prep? Uh, you know, obviously this year was a really weird, uh, weird year with COVID and all the restrictions. But what's your prep in, in these events, or is it the? Because I know some caddies do a lot of prep for the the player, but I don't know. Or is your and Penny's relationship different? And say, let's just you know, kind of keep him calm on the course and you know let him uh, do the prep in terms of the golf course. Or are you going out to the course early in the week? You know, walking it yourself or you know, what have you. Uh, he's seen a lot of these courses like multiple times, whereas I haven't. So usually Monday, Tuesday, uh, we'll play. Uh, usually Monday, we play nine holes, and then I'll walk the other nine. And then uh, we play 18 the next day. I'll go walk the other nine that I, we just played. Uh, just sort of write down some notes. Um, for the most part, the way I see the golf course lines up with how he sees it, which makes it makes it pretty easy. So there's not too many disagreements out there on you know tee shots and stuff like that. It's pretty easy um, when you get to the TA. Looks like a driver, yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, usually a lot of drivers, especially with uh, you know the way he knocks the ball. But um, other than that, you know, there's I spend a lot of times on the greens, you know, figuring out because that's that's sort of been my bread and butter is reading putts. Um, nice. nice. So that's that's usually my primarily primary focus. But uh, you know, it's 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 a lot of work that goes, especially on Monday, Tuesday. Those are long days. 
have you have you talked to Pendy or even Niagara or Barry about the Steelheads logo? He's uh, got on his shirt for sponsorship. What's going on there, and why haven't you uh, butted in there? I refuse to wear the Steelheads logo. No, no, that's all right. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, um, obviously with his agent who owns the Steelheads, there's that connection there. But um, I haven't gotten any uh, any flack from any guys that I've played with saying, you know, what the hell is he doing? Where, where's the Niagara logo? Where's the Barry logo? But um, you know, I think it looks good on the on the shirt. Mm-hmm. Some people might disagree. I mean, it makes you a for good conversation on the tee when guys are like, "What the hell is that fish on your on your collar <laughs> or on your sleeve?" So uh, we usually get to talk about We were talking about course management, and uh, I actually wrote down if like there's one shot that Penny wants to hit, like what's one shot you're like, "Hey, you don't have this one in the bag," or does that exist? Usually, we try. We don't try. To, I mean, you should never try to short inside yourself, but anything around the green. Yeah, you know, it's especially when you get in that nasty Bermuda rough, like trying to hit like a nice flop shot over a bank, do it like a tucked pin. Um, we usually try to keep the golf course like pretty in front of us, uh, especially going at the greens. I mean, a lot of times just middle of the green and putting up to a, you know, tuck left pin, back left pin is pretty good. You know, there's small things like that, but off the tee or out of the fairway, I mean, he can work the ball both ways. So that's not really an issue. Um I like I like watching him hit those t- three irons off the tee. Those are pretty sweet. I mean, everyone likes to see him hit the driver, but I like to see those three irons. Those are nice. A little stinger? Is it a nice <laughs> yeah. little stinger? Yeah. So like a nice low draw. It just rolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You got a nice shot in your bag? Yards. I do not have that. I have a <laughs> I have a two iron in the bag, but it's usually a nice high cut. Oh, <laughs> is that, that the old high right, or is it the cut? It's I'm a lefty, so it's a high left. Oh, yikes! <laughs> yeah. Yikes! Um, I was about what, to say, Curry. That's a Curry visualized. That's how he visualizes his game a lot. He tries to keep the ball in front of him. Good course management just never works out. He actually short sizes himself about seventy percent of the time out there. <laughs> Possibly more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we were ta- you mentioned the U.S. Open. Uh, that obviously pretty probably one of the best highlights of the year. Walk us through that week. Um, obviously, you know, Penny's first U.S. Open, uh, your first U.S. Open, and it's at Wingfoot. Um, walk us through the week. You know, were, were you at all nervous uh, going into that one? And, you know, as you guys keep playing and you end up, you know, low Canadian, uh, you know, how was that? Uh, that was a pretty crazy week, week. I mean, I wasn't really nervous Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, Monday morning I was worried because I wasn't feeling so well. We did the COVID test. And Taylor got his back in like two hours, and it was probably 10 a.m. We were trying to get to the course so we could get out and play, and it was like 11, 12, 12 30, and I still hadn't gotten mine. I was like, oh god, here it is. I got COVID, but then finally came back negative, so we went to the course and uh, did all the registration, all the fun stuff, and then get out there. And uh, I mean, it was crazy, man. The, the greens there, what they show on TV just doesn't do that course justice, and I know people on we're saying that on Friday I played too easy, or and I was like, "This is this is not easy by any standards." I mean, I could I wouldn't have broken 130, 140 out there. <laughs> I mean, I can go around most courses and shoot like a low 80s, but no chance. So, but and then uh, like Thursday morning, if we started on 10, and uh, it's a pretty tough par three, and I was so worried about getting the numbers wrong, so I probably checked them four times. Uh, <laughs> I paced, I paced it off four times. I'm like, yeah, we got the same one. All right, we're good to go. <laughs> and then uh, after that, I settled in. There wasn't too many nerves. Um, just uh, just the magnitude of the tournament itself, and and being there on the biggest stage in golf was uh, was pretty nerve wracking to begin with, but uh, you know, it worked out pretty good. 
Who was right. the coolest person you kind of saw there? Like j- just from a fan s- standpoint, like I know you're caddying for Pendy, but you're, you kind of like look over on the range. Who's the one, who are the people that stand out? Uh, like the whole Monday, Tuesday, I think on Tuesday we played practice round and uh, 12 and uh, 17 run parallel or run side by side actually. And uh, Tiger was over there playing with uh, Justin Thomas. And I just oh. looked over Taylor like, Hey, look, there's <laughs> And I was just like, just get him going. But like for him, I mean, it's no big deal. But for me, like, you know, grew up watching Tiger and stuff like that. Yeah. So I did a little bit of that. Grab the bag. I'm going to go over there and talk to Tiger for a little bit. (laughs) I did a little little bit of that on Monday and Tuesday, you know, just to keep things light. You know, see like Phil out there, Bubba and stuff like that. But uh, once once Wednesday came around Thursday morning, it it was pretty much all business all the day. No doubt. And, well, your your videos that you sent us in about uh, dropping the ball at the back of the green. I don't know if you, that's the most shared video we have on our Instagram feed. That was like over like almost over three hundred people shared that out very quickly. Yeah, to be able to show the speed of those things, ridiculous, crazy. But one like the burning question we've been wanting to ask you: What did you say to Pendy uh, on Wednesday morning when you look in the bag and there's a seven wood in there? <laughs> I wasn't too shocked because we. Uh... We played the practice rounds with uh, the Canadian guys, and Mackenzie Hughes had a nine wood in the bag. Yeah, and uh, he sort of just told us what he was doing with it. And we watched him. We're like, "Well, it's, it's not a bad play. I mean, it beats trying to hack a wedge out of there." And and then uh, we played a practice round. When we played the practice round on Monday, um, we played with a guy. From, we played with Corn Freight Tour guys, and uh, Grayson Sig was in the right rough on twelve, and he had a seven iron, full swing seven iron, good contact, and it went like ten feet. And we're like, okay, we got to figure something out because, you know, this is the way the fairway slopes there. Like, you're pretty much going to end up in the right rough on that hole. And, you know, if you can't get anything out of there, it's a long par five. Yeah. Uh, so he put that in play and, you know, it worked. It, we used it probably five or six times where I had like 180 yards of the hole and, you know, chopped something that flies 50 yards and rolls another <laughs> 80, 90 yards. So wow, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. We used that on one, I think, two days in a row. Uh, we definitely use on number number twelve, the par five. Um, but yeah, it it, it probably saved us a couple of shots over the week. Oh, I'd say Pendy said you had a nice little club choice on the seventy second hole of the U.S. Open. Can you walk <laughs> us through that club choice? Yes. So we were uh, we were we were playing well. We just I think we just bogeyed seventeen, and uh, we were. I mean, he had one of the best rounds going that day. Yeah. And we, we kind of figured we were near the top twenty five. And he had a good three iron up the right side, just went into the rough a little bit. Um, I mean, I can't remember the exact yardage, but it was about 155 yards or so to the pin. But on that green on 18, there's that big false front. It's I think it's like 17 or 18 yards to carry. So it was like, could have been a hard wedge, could have been a light nine. But going long there was no good either. And he's like, you like this? I was like, yeah, I like the wedge. He goes, well, I got nine in my hand. I was like, no, no. I was like, you hit the wedge. And he's like, okay. And he grabbed it and he hit it to four feet. I was like, oh, oh love thank it. God. <laughs> oh. It's like we watched it, came, came out kind of dead. And I was like, oh my God, please get over the front. Go. Just get on the green. And it was like going, going. And I was like, oh, thank God. I didn't, it's, like, I didn't oh, expect that to be a success story, like uh, <laughs> the way that the question was previewed. Because 18th hole is where we saw like Tiger dump two uh, on Thursday, too, kind of cost them. The, the tournament earlier shot himself out of the tournament i have one more questionable winged foot and as a caddy that says like your forte is reading greens which is like 
I think the best tool a caddy can do, you see like DJ and his brother feed off each other on the greens. Do you think it helps being a lefty reading a righty's putts? Like it's less biased as far as what putts you like and what you don't like as far as like bouncing off each other. Uh, it might help a little bit. I mean, actually this year I switched on putting right hand now. <laughs> Never mind. So, so, I mean, I was, I was usually, a, I was kind of a streaky putter left-handed, but now that I putt right-handed, it's, like my putting was saves my game by a mile. Oh, so, wow. um, but yeah, like there's some greens. I remember on 10, um, I think it was on the third day he had this putt. It was probably three feet. And with the way the green was sloping, he could have played it like dying speed, like cup and a half, two cups out. But if he missed it, it was probably going like nine feet by. And he's like, I'm just going to go left edge and pound it. And it worked, but I was like, there's, there's so many different like <laughs> ways you can look at those putts uh, as opposed to most tournaments and most courses we uh, we play at where it's pretty straightforward. You either got the read or you don't. Yeah. So you've played, uh, you've played professional hockey. Now you've seen how professional golfers roll. What, what's the biggest difference between a professional hockey player and a professional golfer? I think for the most part, hockey players have worse tempers, especially when it comes to golf. I mean, there's okay. not too many guys on the golf course where you're going to see them have a meltdown, whereas, or get like super, you know, pissed off. Whereas in hockey, you know, after a period or even after a shift, you'll see some guys like break some sticks or like, you know, throw a water bottle. You're not going to see too many guys, you know, slamming clubs or even breaking clubs out there. Um, there might be a few guys I can think of that probably have and would. Could, but... could you name one? Ah. Uh... I'll tell you guys after. Oh, <laughs> I think we need to podcast. see more of that. I want to see some snap shows out there. That'd be my favorite. I, I want to see some that. guy just go nuts. A little more emotion. That'd be good. Yeah. Especially once yeah. the fans come back. Yeah. We got a pretty good yeah, idea exactly. of maybe the culprit that might break a club or two out there. He was he was on the podcast not too long ago. <laughs> oh, we got him. <laughs> he, he may may or may not like trumpets. He loves the trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, he's one of my favorite people in the world. Um, okay, I, and, and quickly before we get into a couple of our segments, I do have a question about like PGA Tour venues. Uh, if you're a golf fan, you know kind of what cities you go to. You're going to more uh, big hubs. Which uh, which tournament are you looking forward to most going to? Not necessarily, for, well, maybe for the golf course, but also for the city, uh, maybe in the evenings as well. Okay. I mean, I think the Zurich would be cool to be in. Yeah. Heard, good, heard good things about New Orleans and Louisiana. So, I mean, that's probably another one. Um, I mean, most cities you get to go to are sweet. Um, yeah. They beat the beat the crap out of some of these smaller towns we go to on the corner trade tour. But I mean, some of, some of those small towns are like hidden gems, right? You never know what you you're gonna get yourself into until you get there. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, now, say Pendy uh, gets into the Zurich, he has his playing partner. Let's say, for argument's sake, it's Matthews, and uh, their team wants you to pick their walk-up music for their for their first tee shot because they have the walk-up music. What song are you going to pick for them? Uh, pro- it's going to be some country for sure. Uh, probably "Drink okay. in My Hand" by Eric Church. All right, that's oh, a good yeah. one. Gibber just gave you a big nod of approval. Gibber could listen to that on repeat for eighty three holes. I think. Oh, definitely, He's a big Eric Church guy. But so the question: where you know, Penny's going to be in a lot of pretty premier fields in the next, uh, call it next year, a couple years from now. When you get into the Players Championship at TPC Sagra, TPC Sagras, 
You're going to be nervous when Penny uh, hands you a club to the caddy challenge on 17. <laughs> and what are Probably. your odds? What are your unless, odds? Of unless you snuck the lefty in the bag, I have no chance. <laughs> but uh, Hit it upside down. You know, we do, we usually do this competition every week uh, called loser rakes where the guys we're playing with, we'll grab like a sand wedge or a 60 degree and, you know, the wolves closest or furthest guy away from the pin has to rake the bunker. And we usually pick like these massive bunkers. So if someone sticks one close, they'll start running around and like, you know, messing the whole damn thing up, which usually I end up losing because I have to flip over his 60 degree. Uh, so it's like, if there's That's a big right. lift you got to get over, it's like no chance. It's usually just a chunk and run for me. But uh, I don't know. I, th- I think I can hit that green. All right. One out of five All times. Right. Love the confidence. <laughs> and, uh, and what about like the caddy races? I know they're not quite a thing at the waste management anymore, but how's the speed? Like what's your 40 time or maybe a hundred meter dash? Not good. <laughs> look, look, not, not good right now. I mean, depends on who we're playing with. We got a couple old guys in there. I think I could take them, but there's some yeah. uh, there's some guys out there. You gotta you can't sleep on those lanky guys, those tall lanky guys. They can just motor around. They got they have a Still weird stride, caps. but they're sneaky yeah, fast. Just, uh, they got that, you know. They got the ping bag, which is way lighter than the Strixon bag, and they just uh, <laughs> they just motor around out there. Well, that's a, we'll have to take uh, we'll we'll clip that take Strixon and see what they have to say about their staff <laughs> bags going forward. Actually, their, their new bag is really good. I mean, the, the old oh, bag was heavy. No, the, the new bag, I think it's it looks sick, the black and red, and it's easily 10 pounds lighter, which is nice. Nice. Wow. <laughs> 10 pounds is significant for five-hour, six-hour days. And Damn Mondays, straight. Tuesdays, probably more, yeah. Like, we had the... That's, when I was down in Florida, we had the, we went fishing a bunch, and so we bought a, I bought a fishing scale, and I just hooked Penny's bag up to the fishing scale, and it was like... Fresh off getting back from a trip, it was like 46 pounds. And I put on Corey's bag, and it was like 39 pounds. I was like, oh, man, this is so nice. <laughs> like, hey, me- Corey, are you looking for a guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so something needs to get addressed there. You guys you guys have, obviously, you're the order of merit. It's going to uh, promote graduation. Now it's time that Penny treats you a little bit more right. Maybe give you a nice little Sunday bag for the practice rounds if it's nice. <laughs> Yeah, no more snacks in the bag, or I'll just have to start eating them faster. <laughs> How many snacks does, on he, does he pack? He's usually got three or four bars in there. I'm like, I'm not a guy to eat on the course. I mean, he he made fun of me the one day because I put a box of raisins in there because I love raisins. <laughs> He's like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, well, I'm going to eat something out there. Might as well be raisins. But uh, no, it's pretty good. I mean, there's not, usually not too much food in there. Let's uh let's move into what's your handicap. We'll uh we'll start this off first, Mitch. We'll play a little music and we'll uh, roll into it. What is your handicap? All right, Mitch, welcome to What's Your Handicap. Uh, I'll ask you, I'll preface this. Have you heard of the segment before? I have. I actually have. I love it. So I don't need to do any explanation here. It's just going to speak for itself. We're going to go round table. Uh, three of us are going to go. I may throw in an extra one today, fellas. I'm just saying that, just prefacing Stay that. Stay with me. I might throw in an extra one. Okay, today. we might do two each. I feel we like Mitch is going to be good at this. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, I'm liking where this one's going. How about uh, Rick's leader off? Okay. So this player, and I know you've seen this more before, or maybe not on the Corn Ferry Tour, but they're lining up. They give their waggle. They look at their target. And before they pull the trigger, they do a double knee bend. Oh. Like the flex oh. to get into the shot. That's a good one. I got to say, like, a scratch golfer. Oh, you think Ooh. that good? Yeah. You think the double knee bend is bringing out scratch? Yeah, you might have a little flexibility. You never know. You can get through on the ball. <clears throat> but I'm going to maybe. I'm going to have to tag someone that does a double knee bend for you, and I think you're going to change your opinion. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We'll see. All right, so we're going scratch on that. Is it me now? Yeah, it's up uh, to you. Ahead. All right, so... I'm trying to stick with uh, things you can relate to. Uh, so I'm sticking to things with the golf bag here. So I'm going to go to the well on the on the first one. Uh, so you see this guy in the course carrying the golf bag as if it were a large piece of luggage. Oh, man. Plus, they'll use a 20 handicap for sure. Like, no doubt. And my, <laughs> no doubt. my question cool. is this. Have you ever caught yourself carrying Penny's bag as if it were a large piece of luggage Never. at any point? <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> Not even from, like, a bunker rake? To the end of the green? Yeah. No. no. Oh. Okay. Well, it's always using the strap. I like that. Usually, if oh. if I do, it's because I put the bag down and I think it's in someone's through line, and then I'll move it like a couple feet. But okay, a couple feet. All we're right, gonna get fine. a screen. We're gonna get a screenshot of that and use it as his uh, his episode profile <laughs> of him <laughs> carrying it. Like, and, like, and so I, I thought that would be your answer. Hockey players are typically concerned about style, so you probably did your research and said. The, the do's and don'ts, just like hockey, you're going to go with the tight ankles or, you know, tongues in, tongues out. You're carrying that bag with the right straps. Yeah. There's <laughs> two things you'll never see me do is carry it like that or wear high socks. Never. Oh, oh no high socks. Hey, I like never. that. Yeah, I think, like, people try to make them a fashion statement, like, especially amateur golfers, like some good amateurs, and it just became too much to the point where, like, low socks is, like, a better style. that people. I will say that I wish I could pull it off, but I don't have the calves for it. So I like no. that you said you don't like them. Mm-hmm. Unless you played in the NBA in the 70s, you're, you're not wearing high socks. Not my bucks. <laughs> I like that. All right. Uh, first one for me here. These are actually things that I, I played with this person in my final round this year. So three days ago, I saw that I saw two of these things happen. First one is warming up with the putter on the tee box. So the practice green is literally 15 feet to your left, but he's grinding with two tees on the tee box, working on his stroke, waiting to tee off. Man, he's got he's got to be like 15 for sure. You're pretty close like, on that. Some, something around there. Yeah. Like he's got some confidence in his game. He can go low, but usually probably things just start snowballing on like 11 or 12, and then he shoots 90. <laughs> Tell me this is BT, Colin. <laughs> no, it's not BT. <laughs> I would not let one of my friends do that, Giver. <laughs> We would not be playing together. I would have to be seriously concerned about my putting stroke if it was like my first priority on the first hole was to make good contact with the driver three wood. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like this, my range was 14 to 18. So I think uh, Mitch nailed it there. Like this is 20 minutes before our tee time. And instead of practicing on a putting green, he's practicing on the tee box. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He's probably just dialed in on the speeds. He just worked on the stroke. <laughs> Uh, okay number four for me my second one is this person has velcro golf shoes shot personal shot that is a shot call shot personal shot 
if you're 55 plus then it's acceptable and you're probably like you know a seven or an eight but if if you're like our age then like 25 for sure wow yeah i i agree and uh <laughs> i wrote that down after my golf trip i drove down to southern ontario to see these fellas Colin's got Velcro golf shoes. I'm like, what the hell are those? Oh. I think she's three under. This, like, I've yeah, never noticed that. It's called much. style, fellas. I'm a trendsetter. People aren't into them now, but that little Velcro strap is slick. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Very what kind convenient. of shoes? What do you have, Skechers? Are you and Coocher? They're Adidas, and they're just like, they're custom made. You can't buy them. You, like, you can't just walk into a golf town and buy those shoes. I custom, yeah, I think I designed them. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. You're probably the only person in Ontario with those things. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with the only person. All right. Well, it's wow. a handicapper story, despite the fact that you obviously outside of Colin, if you have vocal golf, golf shoes, what do you think that is? I'm with, I'm with Mitch on that. You're either the age category was 100% right. You're old uh, and you're looking for something easy and you can't bend over time up anymore, or you're 15 plus minimum. Colin I do have is, a bad back. Colin is just. Yeah absolutely insane um all right my next one Mitch, sticking with the golf bag here uh this guy at all times during the year plays golf and keeps the rain cover on the bag so he's always zipping it up oh man 25 like easily <laughs> that is bad especially if he's got like a staff bag too <laughs> there's so many what's your handicap just based off a golf bag i think we like that's how like the segment started you can go on forever as far as like uh, the type of bag someone has what it says on the bag the bag the type of stand it is or if the legs are bent you know they got a little bit of a temper it tells you everything you need to know about a golfer before they even hit a shot what's your handicap if you saw me roll up to the golf course be like oh my god this guy's gonna shoot 65 today and then you watch me slice one on the first tee like oh my god this guy's gonna shoot 95 Good bag style, then. I like it. Yeah. What bag do you What bag do you carry personally? Uh, I rock a Strixon tour bag. Oh, you go tour bag. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So your cart, like, you're not walking at no, all ever. Never. I can't. Really you push cart. You could push cart. You could throw that thing on a push cart. Mm. You're not into that. That makes you look like a bad golfer, though. It does. Yeah. <laughs> How many beers can you get in a tour bag? A lot. Probably have have you probably. pushed it to the limits? I haven't pushed it to the limit. Um, but probably going to have to try that now. <laughs> My guess is close to 48. I'm going to say you close to 48 in that big-ass pocket. I don't know. I got a lot of golf balls in there. For what that is, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Final one here for me. Uh, so not only is this guy practice putting on the tee box, but I look over and I thought he had like a little, it was cold out. So I thought he had a little like Aaron Rodgers pouch, you know, like one of those like hand warmers. Yeah. It's not fanny pack First and it's tee, hooked so. up to the back and on every shot he takes out either a tee, his golf glove or his golf ball. So he keeps all his golf equipment in the fanny pack. Like a 30 now for sure. <laughs> He's got to be. I mean, I can understand if you're 85 and you got the fanny pack going, but like if you're anything under 40, no need for that. That's for sure. Oh, it, I, I like the fanny pack better than I like the high socks. You know what? I, I actually rock a, a combo fanny you pack out it. there. I rock a fanny pack <laughs> when I'm caddying during Monday oh, to Oh, yeah. I keep extra balls in there. keep the range finder. It's actually a pretty handy little tool. But and when, back? And Where do you, you keep caddy? it? Like left hip, right hip, back? I keep it front and center. You know, just oh, to I let like everyone know. For you. I'm rocking the fanny. 
Yeah. <laughs> Plus, if you caddy in Vegas next year, you can go right to Coachella right after. Yeah. Throw the casino <laughs> chips in there. Go to the tables. <laughs> oh man that's like good. the satchel and the person who rocked the fanny pack and practice putting his name's fong shout out to fong great guy and he probably was, like, was a like 22 a 22 handicap fong but love you there's, there's some validation to this yeah <clears throat> all um, right we gonna throw a little spice in here too Simo, or what yeah mitch now it's time for you to uh come up with one for us something you've seen Maybe it's uh maybe it's some form of your teammates, hockey guys, something you've seen out on the golf course. Probably the guy using a brush tee. So I I have a I have a specific hatred against the brush tee. And like and it's like every golf mimic, I always say this to someone that's willing to try something new. It's like, okay, do the best players in the world ever use a brush tee? Do they ever use the swing aid? Do they ever use like this training aid? And if the answer is no, there's a reason they're not using it because it doesn't make them better. So brush tees, they don't increase club head speed. They don't increase your swing path. So they're absolutely unacceptable. Minimum 10 handicap, but they want to be a three. That's pretty close. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cole, do you have anything to say about that? I think they're a little higher than a, than a what did you say, 10? I said 10, yeah. I think they're a little higher than a 10. I think they're a 15, but I do think they're a reverse bagger, candy bagger. I think that they always tell their buddies they're better. Um, this may be the same guy who's lip chapping his driver face to start off <laughs> to make sure that ball always goes straight. <laughs> Brush tee, lip chap on the driver face. This guy's not missing a fairway, but he's definitely a 15. I don't know. I'm going, I'm going higher. This has got to be at least a bogey golfer. And I'm, I just hope, I hope he's over 50 and is just getting into the game. Because I know he's got one brush tee. He's also got the set of the brush tees, all the different heights for different clubs. Part three, part four. Got to have them, man. Three yeah, have them. yeah, yeah, and one for when he has to tee it up in the rough too. So I'm gonna go. This gets 18 to 24, and minimum Not age 50. of 50. You said, or you? Hope? Yeah, I hope he's at least 50. Anything under 50, he's got to reconsider. <laughs> and uh, Mitch, since you've listened to this segment, do you know our handicaps? I think I have a pretty good idea. I think I think you're you're a scratch golfer and everyone else is like a four handicap. Ooh. I like that description. <laughs> We're just gonna leave that right there. Yeah. Gibber Gibber can hang with call, but like I, I don't like you it's close between those two right now. I I'm the shitty one unfortunately, but I think you do that just by the way you're looking at me. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, those guys can play. Uh, and you know what? They took uh, they took money off your boy. And if you were on the bag that day, you would have had to pay a percentage back to these guys. So you're lucky you didn't get the invite that day. <laughs> Thank God. We got a nice but brown bill from Pendy. Fresh. Yeah. Fresh one? Oh, yeah. Considering Pendy best. doesn't know I exist, we're, you're my new golfing buddy, Mitch. <laughs> so when these guys want to go play golf together, we're going to be scout. Our work days are Monday, Tuesday. And when we MC on after Friday, we're going Saturday, Sunday to the caddy party and then to the golf course. Perfect. <laughs> these are off the charts yeah should we roll right into are you in a fan question or are you rolling the quick nine first let's roll right in quick nine first yeah okay let's get them out of the way so nine quick questions uh answer them quickly or slowly as you want but it's not meant to be uh they're not meant to be pressing giver will start us off with the first three colin will go four through six and i'll go seven through nine good math there Kari. nice all right so 
we we've talked to a lot of tour pros. Uh, it's nice to be able to talk to to their main man on the bag. What's the weirdest thing Pendy's got in his bag? Probably a flask with vodka in it. Ooh, just Whoa. in case he's a little nervous on the tee, we got the little swig. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. He probably hasn't told you the story, but we were, we were like playing just for fun um, the week before he we went to Edmonton, and there was we had a flask in the bag. And then he totally forgot about it, and he won in Edmonton. So since then, it's like, all right, it's not, it's not coming out. All right. So it's the same, <laughs> same flask cool. and from the same bottle of vodka. Hasn't changed. Oh, wow. And awesome. is there ever a Love point that. he's going to be, you guys are going to be touching it after? Obviously not during the round. I don't know. There might be. Even well, during the round, who knows? We got a big lead on 18. Maybe you get yeah. to get it out early. <laughs> Sneak it right out of the fanny pack? No, is this uh, a fanny pack carry or a golf bag carry? I think it'll be in there for for quite a while. Right on. Right on. All right. So the next, uh, you know, you and Penny in, in, uh, in the room the night before, loading up the bag. Penny starts loading shit in there. And you're like, no, 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 no. No fucking way is that going in there. We got a weight limit here. What, what are you taking out? um he can put whatever he wants in there um i usually just shut my mouth when it comes to what he puts in there i don't really care <laughs> but uh whatever helps us get the one job golf done. ball yeah there's only there's only ever nine golf balls i tried to put 10 in there the one time and he gave me the gears but it's always nine nine balls um and then i'll grab teas in the morning but there's nothing too crazy going on in there it's usually good all right then my, my last one here, uh, obviously, I think you maybe not uh, much on this one, but I said hockey locker room or the caddy barn? What's better? So far, the hockey hockey locker room has been pretty good. I mean, just probably haven't gotten the full experience with COVID and what it's really like, but I mean, I'm pretty sure they got some pretty good stories in the uh, the caddy barn there too. For sure, I don't. I think it would have a hard time Trump in a locker room with twenty guys. But I agree. So then, I I did have one final one because uh, I I kind of figured this one you may not have an answer to. But when you guys get in the field with Augusta, you got to wear the white jumpsuit. You go on no jersey underneath the suit. I'll probably rock a, I'll probably rock like an Ice Dogs T-shirt the one day and a Colts T-shirt, but definitely no Gitch. Not not rocking that one. No, no. <laughs> if it rains, you might be in trouble though. That's uh, all right. <laughs> make for a good picture yeah they yeah, show off like greg norman too. recently you see greg norman on the beach recently i don't know if you saw that picture i did see nope. that picture yeah it's 15th club in the bag all right we're going uh hole four here um what do you typically eat for breakfast um usually nothing i'm not a big <laughs> breakfast guy no like crazy we go through the drive through at uh, Starbucks, and I'll get like a brownie, and that's it. And then I'll eat at like two o'clock when we get off the course. Wow! Like, so you don't really start eating till two. No, that's, uh, never been wild. a breakfast guy. Like, but I mean, some days I'll have it, but usually it's it's not much in my stomach going on the golf course. We'll get you a little sponsorship for intermittent fasting here. <laughs> that's <a> <laughs> Uh, that's becoming more and more popular actually people skipping on breakfast but like it's a it necessity i feel yeah uh, i can't meal. do it um gibber asked the one question i had but uh we'll move into hole five favorite caddy player combo that you like to be paired with uh there's a couple guys out there uh, uh paul barjon his caddy al he's from the hammer he's a good dude um 
uh, Jared Wolf and his caddy. We we seem to get paired with them a lot. Um, and then uh, he's had to sort of had a few different caddies over the year, but uh, David Kocher, he's a beauty. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's always good to play with. And then uh, Stu Mack and Ray. I'm sure, you guys, Stu told told you some Ray stories. He's a beauty. Um, but <laughs> we yeah, get enough, I mean, so we'll have to have Stu back. <laughs> you have to get Ray on. That'd be that'd be one hell of an episode if you could get Ray on. <laughs> we'll try Ray's our best next. for sure. Ray's next. All right, uh, hole six. Um, was there ever a time where Pendy got pissed at you when you were on the golf bag? Oh yeah, probably, definitely, for sure. Um, where was it? It was our first tournament in uh, Bahamas, and we first were warming tournament. up, and like it was so windy out, and scores were like all over the place. Guys were shooting in the 90s, and uh, I was like, "Whoa, so and so just made a 10 on this hole," and he's like, didn't really say anything. And then I think we made an eight on there. And he's like, don't ever fucking tell me what people make out here. I was like, all right, I got it. <laughs> that was my sort of uh, that was my sort of welcome eye-opening moment. But since then, there hasn't been any uh, there hasn't been any big there hasn't been any blowouts. But that was a rookie mistake. We'll chop it up. we'll chalk it up to that one. <laughs> Get it you didn't look at him and say, I'm not the one hitting the shots. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put two in the water. Come on, no. It's, uh, <laughs> That was that was the first mistake I made, but other than that, I've been. I don't think I've got under his nerve too much. <laughs> uh, hole seven, uh, best part of your golf game. You said putting already, but what about your golf game style? What's the? Uh... Um, I usually go for every par five and two, even when it's not smart. Um, uh, so that's what you get when you caddy for Pendy for a couple of years. If there's. If it's dog leg right, I'm not hitting driver off the tee because it's not going to work. I'll hit a two iron. Um, but usually the best part of my game is around the green. Uh, awesome. Putting, putting like for it. sure and chipping. Nice. That'll save you the strokes. Um, number Hole number eight, uh, what are you currently watching on Netflix or Crave? Or what's the, what's the show of choice? Usually I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm a big Brooklyn Nine-Nine guy. Family guy too. Have you seen it? Family guy, nice. I, I haven't seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. Colin's usually our show guy, so he chimes in. But uh, mm-hmm. I've been watching that Trial Four in the last couple of days uh, on Netflix. Oh, dynamite, dynamite! Watch so far. I haven't got too, too far into it. And my whole nine, the last one, and probably the most important question of the show: uh, Who's your favorite Instagram follow? I like I like following those meme pages. I like just they just crack me up so much when I see those like dumb memes that like people probably think they're like idiotic, but I think they're so funny. But and, uh, and like not golf related, right? Like are you talking about just in in general? Yeah, just just like anything. When those Michael Jordan like crying memes came out, man, those like those are my favorite. But uh, <laughs> like other than that, he's got you know I follow I follow all the golf ones and stuff like that. There's not a there's not one particular one that I was big on. Like it's my favorite, but uh, if if you post funny vids or like those. You know, those are the, I think there's the ones called kids getting hurt. It's like all the kids that like fall and get hit in the face of the yeah. ball. Like I, I love those ones. Yeah, MJ's made a resurgence because he had the crying face, and now like since the last dance came out or whatever, he's got like the one where he's looking at the iPad and he looks up and he's like, "I took that personally." <laughs> yeah, that's a good. <laughs> that's one too. Really, 
That one's so good. I mean, I think I'm enjoying that one more than the Jordan one or the crying one, sorry, because that one just like kept getting recycled for so many years. So I'm glad there's something fresh out there. Right anyway, on. call story. We just finished oh, up was on that finished? nine. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, nine. Go right into the fan questions now. Yeah, let's go right into the fan question here. We got a lot of write-ins here. So this is going to be a popular segment. I don't even know how to control this myself as the moderator of this segment, but uh, we're going to give this a go. We're just going to start from the top. All right. Uh, which Ryerson coach do you look up to the most in hockey and life advice? I already know who asked that question. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. My time at Ryerson was actually really good. I mean, those coaches, uh, the coaches were were super good to us. Um, I can't say anything bad about my time at Ryerson. I know Devin's, Devin's mentor there, uh, Nathaniel Brooks, the assistant coach. Him and him and Devin were tight, and he was always good to me. Um, I mean, I, I think all the coaches I had there, especially my first year, Graham. His name was Graham Wise. He was he was so old school in the, in the way he did things, and he was bit of a hard ass but um i think he was uh you know he really he really got the most out of guys which is you know what you want out of uh, out of a coach love it plus you're almost point per game so it probably was a pretty good year <laughs> that was a pretty good year when the <laughs> success comes year. you seem to have a good time yeah when All you're right, playing uh, good you're playing good eh, Simo? <laughs> that's right baby when, whenever you're playing good you're playing good that's just my my stagnant line there all right uh, number two here when you get this question you know you're a bit of a sex symbol you don't have to answer it if you don't want to uh what's your favorite position in bed in brackets someone wrote it <laughs> a female wrote it too not even a guy yeah <laughs> which is wild i'm not gonna i'm, I'm gonna take the pass on this one good call <laughs> Kari answered it for you there's a Kari. good chance my mom and dad might listen to the podcast. Yeah, you don't have to worry. Kari already answered it for you. He said uh, reverse upside down cowboy. Don't know what it is. He does. Loves it. All right. Moving on. Uh, best tunes on the golf course. What do you like to listen to when you're teeing it up? I uh, usually mix in a little bit of anything. Usually throw some oldies in there. Yeah. Uh, um, some country music, some like classic rock and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good for anything on the on the golf course. More chill, not the rave yeah. scene out there. No. Yeah. Do you like having control, or do you like you like having control, or you like other guys taking over? Oh, I'll let I'll let the other guys play it. I mean, I have my music choice, and I'd put like a three song playlist on. And I could listen to the same thing all day. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'll let someone else take the reins. Love it. All right, uh, I'll ask this question. So I want to know: uh, In high school, did you ever have any type of addiction? Not like a bad addiction, but like, you know, people have probably, probably video games. Okay. So this person said you had a bit of a foosball addiction. You know what? We actually, we had a foosball table in our cafeteria in high school and I used to, I used to rinse it pretty good. <laughs> this person <laughs> said that uh, he owes you still a few bucks from those days. I was somehow pretty good at that. I'm not too sure where my ability came from, but that and that and bubble hockey, I used to crush it. Love it. Those are two crucial uh, table games to be good at. That and whole, how's your ping pong game? Just throwing it out there. Oh, it's it's okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm my ping pong style is all defense. I mean, I will not <laughs> attack at all. Best offense. I'll, I'll, is great I'll make I'll make you put one in the net or you know throw one long, but you'll never catch me like coming over the top trying to smack one at you. You're just bunting it back. Keep it in yeah. play. 
Yeah. <laughs> Frustrating guy to play against. I like it though. Um, all right. Is it true you switch between ice and McDonald's apple pies in AM? I don't know what AM means, but the morning. Okay. Oh, that's that's definitely from my boss, Ryan, from the that I work in the off weeks, but um usually the apple pies now there's a nice mcdonald's coming out of my neighborhood so it's it's usually like a large root beer and an apple pie and straight to work at 5 30. nice <laughs> like it breakfast the champions right there yeah that is uh do you still take advice from k-dog before and after events oh my god i'm gonna say i'm, I'm just gonna say no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's Pendy's most annoying habit? If he has an annoying habit, thing that bothers you about him? Probably he's like he's really slow at finishing his beer. Like he's usually the last guy when you need to get another Ooh. round. It's like, oh, okay, well we're waiting on Pendy to finish his. So. so this begs the question: Pendy says he put back at least fifteen and eighteen holes. Is that a fact or is that a lie? No, he can get after it if he wants to. All right, but he's a slow uh, drinker. Yeah. That was, right. That's a very interesting take. That's not the, what I expected to hear. We're getting all the dirt. This fan segment's been by far the best. Keep them rolling, call. I'm learning a lot here. PGA Tour caddy or another caddy, uh, someone that's given you the best advice about the job. Not too many guys come out and just give you advice. You sort of just have to watch what they do and how they, you know, the things they say. And you sort of just pick up what you think is valuable and what you think is not. Um, I think uh, Taylor's coach actually, uh, Di Derek Engram, he he gives some pretty pretty sound advice. I usually talk to him every week yeah. during the tournaments. Uh, so he's he's like he's a guy I usually lean on uh, if things aren't going well. Um, you can usually reach out to him and sort of you know get a game plan together and sort of get things back on track. Like it. All right. Uh... Since you're a 15 handicap, why do you always try to hit two irons off the tee? That's got to be from Pendy for sure. <laughs> no, <Nope>. it's not. <laughs> the the two iron is actually my fairway finder, so I don't mind uh, mind hitting it. I mean, you like plus, I like, there. plus I like to be able to say I can hit a two iron. Yeah. If I can throw uh, one iron call, in the bag, call me. that would work. Who asked that one in, Mitch? Maybe if you could tell us if you could beat this person or not, or what's uh, what's shitty about their golf uh, game. D- Dylan Strom wrote in. He's chirping you about your okay. two iron. Oh man, let me know when he finishes with it, or when, let me know when he fixes his block slices. <laughs> That's not a good combo, block slice. <laughs> and he's a lefty too. I think he's just. I think he just wants my two iron. The tough one. Yeah, two iron. Like it. Put the blade in there. The I just want a two or one iron just balled. to have in the bag for looks. That's what I want. I won't hit it very often, but I just want it for a look. So it looks good. Um, how many pools have uh, you built? Oh, man. I think I started that job when I was first year university. So I've been like 21. I've probably built uh, over 100. Closing on 150. Wow. So if you, uh, if you know anyone needs a pool, I'm your guy. <laughs> I'll refer you to the guy I know. <laughs> you, you travel to Thunder Bay to do that? We have pool season over two months of the year. We could, we could cook you up something nice. Nice little uh, <laughs> ground pool. Hot right, tub too. Like yeah, uh, humble. That'd be sweet. I like it. Three most important elements of your job. Show up. Keep up. Shut up. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That's the best answer ever. <laughs> 
not probably maybe not the last one, but definitely Taylor plays fast, well faster than most guys. So you always got to be ready. Um, I usually come to the golf course with him, so if he's late, I'm late. Um, and the last one is, uh, you know, just 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 got to trust your instinct. I mean, you can't waver. I mean, if I'm wavering on what I think he should do, then you know he's probably not feeling too confident about what he's got to do. Gotcha. Makes sense. Uh, this is a deep question. What's uh, your most memorable moment in your hockey career, and how does that relate to golf? Oh man, That's these deep. are some tough questions. Yeah, these are deep. They are. They're your buddies, not ours. <laughs> I didn't know my buddies had that knowledge of thinking that deep. <laughs> um, probably getting getting drafted was probably the biggest highlight personally for, for my hockey career. Um, I mean, it's just a. Uh, it's just a result of you know a lot of hard work and a lot of time put in, yeah. uh, a lot of sacrifices. And um, I think for you know anyone it doesn't matter what you're doing in life, even and applies to golf too. If you're willing to put in the time and the hours and you know really really go for something, you can achieve something. You can really achieve anything you want. So I mean, for the guys on the Corn Ferry Tour, they they work their ass off for you know a, a slim chance of getting to the PGA Tour uh, with only 25 cards being dished out every year. So um, I think I think those are two things I can really relate and go hand in hand. Love it. Oh, good question and a great answer. Better yeah. answer. That was yeah, awesome. You can go deep all you want. He's gonna go deep right back. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Uh, would you Takes consider us back to that positions question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, would you consider yourself a fisherman? Because I can't. Because I heard cold. Oh, I can catch a cold. I get sick quite often, but <laughs> I am a recreational fisherman. I uh, like to think I know what I'm doing, but I don't. And I'll pull a fish out of the water every uh, couple hours. Um, I actually got to do a lot, little fishing bit of fishing this year. Down in Florida, caught a barracuda, which was cool. Ooh. Um, Event. We actually hooked up to a... We didn't know what we hooked up to at first, and... I fought this fish for like 30 minutes and we got next to the boat and it was like a five foot nurse shark. And then, wow. then we just, you know, the line broke and we're like, thank God. Cause there's no way we we're bringing that on the boat. Um, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a recreational enthusiast. I like it. Those stories don't question. line up with the word recreational. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, Gliggs wrote in that question. So I want you to rate his fishing skills one through 10. Um, Minus one, because he's scared to. He's even scared to grab a bass. Oh, he's, he's scared. <laughs> I mean, he's scared of the fish. We we were fishing down in uh, when we were at TPC, and he hooked onto a fish, and he got it about two feet onto the bank, and then it flopped. It got off the hook and flopped back in the water, and he never even touched. It. He goes, "I got a fish," and we're like, "That doesn't count." <laughs> No chance that counts. That is definitely not landed. I've never been more disappointed in a Canadian golfer in my life. <laughs> sad, uh, That's sad, buddy. Uh, I'm interested in this question because I'm having a little back pain right now. Um, did your team doc when you played in Russia have any sort of weird <laughs> tricks to release pain? When I, when I played in the Czech Republic, there's this, this like, I don't even know if he's a doctor or physio, but we used to go see this guy. And uh, he used to work with some of the, the Czech national teams. And for whatever weird stuff he did, I'm not going to get into it, but 
it actually worked like better than any physio i've had in north america wow so i'll be asking you about this after then yeah 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 i'll give you a full rundown you're you have to be the physiotherapist slash uh doctor to fix <laughs> whatever it is i don't know if i want to do that we don't know what it is yet does gibber look like the doctor i feel like gibber's close to looking like the doctor this this guy was probably like 75 like kind of <laughs> looked he had like the albert einstein hair going and so just oh. waddled around and didn't nice. speak any english so I had no idea what was going on. Just a wizard with the body, though. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. probably the reason why Yager got to play all those years. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, this question's going in. I, I said this in the intro, but are you the first caddy ever to wear shorts and a toque at the U.S. Open? I probably probably am. Um, I know they were giving me some hard times on, I think it was TSN or whatever, about <laughs> only wearing shorts, but it wasn't that cold. It was like 16 degrees. 15 degrees i was like oh might even i think the next hole i took off my toque and put on my hat gotcha. I, like, I don't know what the hell these guys are talking about because it really wasn't that cold out so jay and dan can just be today eh? yeah they can take a hike <laughs> um how many hosel squeezes do you hit in a round when you play oh a lot <laughs> like it usually happens it usually happens with like the two iron too. It's either going to be like oh, your flush. It's either going to be a flush or it's going to be straight off the hosel, straight left. But, That's the other Strom brother who rode in, so they may have seen a, quite, oh, yeah. quite a few of those in the day. <laughs> oh, they saw. They probably saw a couple the other week. And I like the hosel <laughs> squeeze term because it doesn't bring up the uh, the S word, which I hate because yeah. I have that in the bag every once in a while. So hosel squeeze is my new word too. So appreciate the write-in for that um favorite two more favorite place to eat on the road besides joe's crab shack uh it's definitely for my buddy in new jersey mike <laughs> yeah um i'm a big chick-fil-a guy, guy on the road you're a big what chick-fil-a guy oh big chick-fil-a nice because we don't have that up here so I was like, well like they're coming around here now i think they're getting one in kitchener but i never had chick-fil-a before this year and then got turned on to it and i was like all right crispy chicken sandwich every day love it okay and, i will uh, say this but what if a what if a chick-fil-a gets built beside that brand new mcdonald's right around the corner from you then what are you going to do in the morning it's going to be a mcdonald's still okay uh, okay i'm Just loyal i'm a loyal customer gotcha. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's back, sponsorship coming up too here we go Mitch, we can't thank you enough for coming on. One, uh, two, the podcast did run a little bit longer than we're used to, but that's not our fault that you have so many buddies writing in. I'm sure Call skipped out on a few because that list was extensive. Uh, we wish you the best of luck, not only for the, the rest of this year. We don't know what events you'll be in, uh, but uh, hopefully next year we'll be seeing you on TV more often on the PGA Tour. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. We're looking forward to staying in touch with you, hopefully as much as possible, because uh, we want to get you back on here once, uh, once you're on the, the big loop. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Mitch. Take it easy. All right. That's it for today's interview with Mitch. Another entertaining one, wasn't it, fellas? Awesome, awesome dude. Yeah. Awesome guy. <laughs> um, you know what? The, the One of the coolest things about Mitch, and he's probably heard a thousand times, but he's an ex-pro hockey player, NHL draft pick, uh, played major junior. So we have a lot of Ontario listeners and listeners from Canada. That's something they can really relate to when it comes to, like, hockey and golf. That's, like, 
uh, the kind of the combination you have up here in the north and he like uh, exemplifies that times a thousand and um i'm super envious of his position he's working with a, a guy that's one enjoyable enjoyable to be around two is a hell of a player and things are setting up nicely for him i'm, I'm rooting for these guys uh like we've said a hundred times before nice, nice I, snow mitch i couldn't agree more and i i what i like too is um we, we talked to Mitch about, like he said, I got into this. I had no idea how to caddy. He goes, the first few events I caddied for Taylor, he goes, I just wanted to stay out of the way. And I didn't want to do something that got him a penalty. Um, and it just, so now he got into it. it. just goes to show you too, like how much the relationship between caddy and player, uh, that, that at times means the most. Uh, and, you know, they have a good, good chemistry going on. And uh, obviously Penny's unbelievable. You know, give me the driver's going to hit a 340 down the middle. Um, but it's, you know, keeping him calm on the course and just, you know, keeping that mind somewhere, uh, outside of stressing about each shot. And so that, that I think that goes a long way. And I think Mitch is going to be on, on Penny's bag for a long, long time and get him on the PGA tour. It also um, shows the, the likability of Mitch with all the fan write-ins. Like that was pretty cool yeah. to see for this one, you know, like it shows like you get the guys from hockey, you get the guys from golf in your hometown, uh, just shows the type of guy Mitch is when you have a, a right in one like that, and it's just an abundant. Mm-hmm. I can't even get to all of them. Yeah, like there's there had to been close to what like seventy or eighty right ins. Like yeah, you're going through the list, and it's just like <laughs> and like you know, some some cool ones there. We had the Strom brothers right in. Uh, so it just shows you Mitch's got <laughs> friends everywhere, and you know all the hockey guys were they're all chirping his golf game telling him he shouldn't shouldn't be hitting the two iron and things like that hitting the hosel squeezes <laughs> it's a new term i'm going to keep so, uh, but, so which one between you guys are going to be penny's partner when me and mitch take you guys down next summer uh, you guys can go find another force and me <laughs> for me me and me and simo <laughs> versus penny penny and force we've got to have a rematch uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring we can get five out we got a we got a game of wolf we can we no, can bring out. Here, here, here's the thing, Forbes he loves the cart, so Forbes will toss his clubs in the cart. You can double loot for me and Simo, and uh, and Mitch can carry the bag for Pendy. <laughs> wow, that sounds like right down my alley, actually. Um, uh, let's get into the Mayakoba Golf Classic. Um, I actually, do know a bit about this golf course too. Believe like, it or not, you know how to pronounce the name of it? No, God, no. It's like very Camelino on it. Yeah, something. Uh, and then obviously it's in Mexico, just over 7,000 yards. Um, I don't know if it's played at, it can't be played at elevation. It's right by sea level, but it's really cool. Like comes by the ocean. Then like you get part jungles, you got these little thin little monkeys with the same body as me walking around the golf course. It's like where that, there's like a meme of it where the monkey walks out and like looks down the fairway and it's been, it's been used. And I think this is the course with the bunker right in the middle of the, the fairway. It's like a little cave. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get in that, it would take me a hundred to get out, but, uh, or I'd be shooting it backwards, but, uh, really cool venue. And I'll just, uh, I'll read off quickly between, uh, the past champions in the last three years was, uh, uh, Brendan Todd. This was when he was on his heater, Matt Kuchar and, uh, Kazire. And, uh, it's not a big knockers golf course. It's mostly uh, ball striking into greens. You have to be really precise off the green. Uh, givers give me the airplane attendant right down the pipe. Um, and, uh, that leads to a lot more names being able to contend here, uh, which is events that we kind of like, we don't, I think as a whole, we don't love like the bomb and bomb and gouge kind of idea of how to play golf. So this one is like, it's kind of like Harbor town. It brings in all those like elite ball strikers or iron players. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the test. 
I agree. Like this one, this course is definitely suited towards uh, like a fairway finders. I I think they said like some of the first winners of this was like Fred Funk. Um, I think he won in 07 and then you like Kuchar, Kazire and, and um, Brennan Todd. So like, you know, you're looking to the picks this week, not going with someone who's hitting it a a ton uh, and can get it squirrely is, is probably safe to stay away from someone, but you get, you know, the fairway finders, the guys who keep it in play, uh, no matter where they play, uh, I think they'll do really well. And then, you know, you got some local favorites at this place too that happen to play very nicely. So, yeah, Carlos Ortiz strikers. came second here last year, and he yeah. won this year too. Like some and he recently, just won the right? last event. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was only a week and a half ago. Holy smokes! Yeah. Where so, did go? But uh, yeah, should we just roll into picks? Roll into picks, giver, let her yeah. rip. So I'm going uh, my my pick this year uh, for the winner of this. I'm going Abe. Uh, I've been riding Abe for a while. Um, like this guy's money. The past three years at this golf tournament, he's 38 under par. Pretty damn good if you ask me. And I think most of those rounds have been sub 67. So you, this guy's going to be in the mix. Uh, I don't like come Sunday. He's going to be there. Uh, I think it's a, it's a no brainer. Uh, I think hopefully this this is the week where he he notches a dub because I keep picking him and I want to start winning some money off him. Um, my struggle pick this week, Andy Ogletree. He's making his oh, professional debut. This guy's a stud. Like he's a stud, but he's he's now making his professional debut. He's no longer an amateur. He's playing for playing for a living. So things things could change a bit for him. Uh, I, yeah, I I expect him. Not to have his best week. Um, you know, it's tough. You're making your first professional debut. I wouldn't be putting money on him. I'm not saying he's going to miss a cut, but um, I don't think he's going to have his best this week. Um, my sleeper this week, I th- had him where to go. Is it John Huh? Yeah, it's that, yeah John Huh's there. Yeah, John That's Huh. awesome. Yeah. I like that. So I, I, I did my research um, because he's also played well here. Um, I had a road down there, but that it deleted somehow. But uh, so he's he's had a good history at this event, and he's actually played some nice golf this year. Um, so I my the way I wanted, to, I also wanted to kind of change the picks here, right? I don't want to just go with the expert picks, right? It's easy to pick. Oh, you know, there's the expert picks. Abe answers the expert pick. pick. Is he? I didn't even look at that. <laughs> no, uh, Justin Thomas is a landslide to win this thing. So what I wanted to do is okay we can pick someone that we want to win. So it's going to be one of the big guns, um, you know, putting money on. But I think the sleeper pick is I think someone who's going to be like that, that backdoor top 20, top 15, uh, you know, like your Joel Damon, he's always, you know, sliding into the top 20 like that. And then a struggle pick, I think is someone that we think is going to miss the cut. You can't, or you can't one keep of the big rewriting guns. the rules here, Giver on the pick. Giver, you're reading my mail. No, Giver's reading my mail. He, he's already mentioned like most of my guys. <laughs> So, so we're on the same wavelength yeah, here. But, so but the sleeper is a sleeper is, to win. We, you know what I mean? There, there's this, two ways to look at this, and, and I'll break it down for you guys. There's the DraftKings version of looking at it or the Bodog. And way. we so are Bodog pick, picks of the week. We got to pick your avenue. So if how about we go Gibber DK? Because I like that sleeper pick. Like one guy that you just like deep in the roster that you need to make the cut in order to finish the money on DK. Mm-hmm. So Gibber is going to be a DK guy because he's not a Bodog guy as much yet. Uh, although DK should sponsor us. Um, Simo and myself will be trying to pick winners of the event for Bodog. Uh, that's like the best odds, but guys that can win and make money while winning. So okay. call my like sleeper that? pick my value pick. 
That's my value pick when I look at it. So I, I sure I don't expect John Hunt to win. I expect him to be a value pick. He's going to put points on your uh, on your ticket. Would you put? Would you would you bet him for a top ten for our bulldog no. betters? Oh, you wouldn't. No, I'm. This is like a top thirty. Oh, it's a top that's thirty like a struggle pick. I Not might pick him top- for my struggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the way and see thirtieth. The way I what the, the way fuck I, is that thirtieth giver. When you, when you're making your DK ticket, I that's know a, what that's, you're saying. I know. I, I do. Giving him shit. Uh, and that made me laugh. But, but then the way I look at struggle too, it's either okay. Colin, Colin can pick Phil Mickelson every event. And then he always <laughs> struggles. I like, that. I like that pick too. Because yeah. he However, struggle. however, the way I look at my struggle pick. So say if you know when you go through the power right. rankings and you see um, Justin Thomas, he's there. If I go through and look at the course setup, I don't think this course suits him. I think he's going to struggle as compared to those those power rankings, yeah, right? Like so he'll still finish top ten, but he's not going to win. He's not going to win, right? He, that's him. That if you're putting money on a guy to win, I'm not going with JT. So JT's your your struggle pick for Bodog. No, Andy Ogletree is. No, your Andy <laughs> Ogletree's your your struggle for, for pick. Bo, for, yeah, so for Bodog, I wouldn't bet on JT this week because I don't think he's going to win. And if I'm putting money on a guy to win this week, it's Abe. Right, so that's when I go to Bodog, and it's my my bet to win. I'm putting it on Abe. Well, I love that breakdown so, right so there. Our, our only our only discrepancy is with the sleeper pick. Giver's sleeper pick is a different approach to ours. That's that's quite yeah. simple, right? Awesome, Simo. That was great. <laughs> let's let's hear. Let's hear. You know what? I'm going to go with my picks, but I might have to make an audible here because uh, you know I too had Abe answer as my winner. But when Gibber does his research and he puts that much time into it, Abe answer is no longer my winner. I'm going against Gibber. So I looked down the list and I said, "Who am so I? Going what do you want me to want me to go back to the shooting from my hip against scrolling yes. through? Yes, if you shoot from the hip, I'm following your picks to a T. You don't shoot from the hips, I'm fading it away. Like get away from one. those picks. I don't want it. Yeah, Milano. He's my struggle pick this week. Um, I did laugh listening back to that. But uh, so I had Abe, but stay away from him. That's like my mentality. I ain't put my money on him as the winner. My money pick this this week is uh, I'm going with Wesley Bryan. To win. To win. Wow. You had oh mentioned God. ball strikers paradise. paradise. People call him Wedgley Bryan for a reason. He's uh, always top five on tour with his wedges. So he's an accuracy. He has accuracy off the tee. Can get it going with the wedges. Make a bunch of birdies. He's won on the PGA Tour before. I like him. So I'm going to bet you. Town. Did he not? I'm going yeah. to bet you a case of beer, Simo. Case of beer. You, you, can, you, might even, you can even make this tall boys. Case of tall boys. He doesn't finish in the top 20. Wow. Well, I'll take that bet all day. Oh, well, I'm just paying him to win. Yeah, that. done. Yeah. Hey, that's an easy win for me again, right? Like I might fade away. Well, from... you could just you could just send me that case of beer. Yeah, call we'll split it. Down one Next day. time you're down, we'll split it. We'll make that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of how we do things anyway. Yeah, exactly. I, I could see a top thirty for him cashing a you know fifty thousand dollar check, but I don't think anything better than that this so week. You should have picked him for your sleeper. Hey, give her top thirty. All right, I'm going <laughs> with my. That might be the difference between two birdies. Like literally <laughs> yeah. between twenty and thirty. <laughs> Making a pot on Thursday. Yeah. My sleeper this week, uh, going with fellow Canadian SRP guest Corey Connors. He's rolling. Okay. This was good. I, like I was going to say this is the last uh, 2021. We're no, no longer allowed to pick Corey Connors as a sleeper. So we only have three more weeks to do it. Love it. 
He's in the top 50 in the world golf. Yeah, I mean, he's on fire super. right now. Three three top tens in the last four events. He's good value <laughs> he, for betting on Bodog for your Bodog. He's in every single power. He's in every single power rank. Oh, he's, he's got great, great odds on Bodog. Great odds on Bodog. Yeah, he does. Yeah. You put hundred bucks on Corey this week. It's going to pay out a decent amount of money if he wins. So, Corey, but do you agree with the Corey Connors thing in twenty twenty one? Depends on the odds to me. All depends on the no, odds. But I'm not going to pigeonhole a, myself pod, to that. As a podcast, we can't we can't pick him as a sleeper, or you could either pick him to win, or you, or as a winner, or not. Wow, no sleepers for Corey anymore. All right, Corey's not going to get mentioned here anymore. So I'm definitely going with Corey as my sleeper. Uh, struggle pick this week. I am go. I thought about Emilano. I'm not going Emilano. I looked at him. I looked at his name, Emilano. You're not my struggle this week. I'm going with Ricky Fowler as my struggle this week. Hasn't had a good campaign. 2020. Don't know where his head's at. I feel like uh, he's going to lose. And unlike Gibber, my struggle is a top 30. So I expect Ricky Fowler to be in the top 30, to be 30th. That's my pick. So, so every time when you say Phil is going to struggle, you expect him to finish in the top 30? Well, 30th or worse. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, you know, a, top, a top 30 well, is the not thing, 30th Gibber, or worse. It's like if I pick Andy Ogletree as my struggle, like that's an MC. If I pick Justin Thomas as my struggle, that's a 15, 15th or 20th. You know what I mean? Like there's different ranges for struggle. And that's I was just explaining that to you guys. My struggle pick. I don't backtrack. Don't I wheel mean, it back. Rewind, rewind two and a half that. minutes. I I said that almost verbatim, just different words. Like you, you went into the thesaurus, you got different words, and said exactly what I said. But I, but I, I said think, it differently and more effectively. If I'm, as a third party, <laughs> as a third party person on this argument or this discussion, I think the only discrepancy was Gibbers looking for a value pick to make the cut and make a money on DraftKings. Simo's uh, uh, sleeper pick is for him to win money on Bodog, as in picking him top five or to win. That's the difference. Yeah. Okay. But you Let can me get put though. Picks. Like, who is your sleeper this week, Gibber? John Huff. John Huff. Like you put five but bucks on John Huff coming top 30. It might make it two bucks. Yeah. So get her going. I, hey, I do that 400 times. It's 800 bucks, Colin. Well, backhand call. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> My winner this week is Daniel Berger. Ooh. Um, uh, 2020 was his year. He kind of got screwed with like what's, whatever's happening with the, um, the global pandemic, not being able to get in the Masters. But I, I think that just makes him more hungry. To me, when I picture like pure iron players, like right midway through the bag to like nine to pitching wedge, like that five to nine range, he's he's up there for me. And uh, when this guy makes birdies, he makes them in bunches. And I think he's extremely accurate off the tee. Uh, I'm going to put 50 bucks on him. Uh, I don't know what he's paying out quite yet. I haven't uh, locked it in, but he's my bulldog pick to win it outright. DB straight um, vibing. Love it. D- DB straight vibing. I and you're, you're putting 50, 50 on him to win. To win. To win, Ooh, I, all right. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, and you know what, Gibber, you kind of had a backhand uh, chirp to me because, uh, like, <laughs> you're, you're like, oh, I don't pick like the the power ranking sleeper <laughs> expert picks, but I made this pick before I looked at the PGA Tour app, and I uh, have our boy Joel Damon as uh, my my sleeper pick this week. Um, <laughs> I, he's been in great form lately, and when as soon as I see a golf course that doesn't require power off the tee, um. I, I go straight to Joel. I saw what he's worth. Um, he's probably paying out quite a bit on Bulldog. I maybe throw a top five pick on him, but on DraftKings, he's only eight grand. So that's a, that's someone you really want to jump on. And oddly enough, I had a couple of talking points. Is uh, my my struggle was Andy Ogletree. Um, 
for the reason that he just turned pro. So that's like what comes up. This guy turned pro. This is what his amateur career was like. Obviously just made the cut at the Masters, uh, low-am there. Um, also has only made one out of four cuts on the PGA Tour. Um, so um, he's way down there as far as uh, as value picks go. How many of those events and are majors, though? At least two, U.S. Open and Masters. U.S. Open and Masters. Um, but uh, I, I, I just don't see him contending this week. And, like, yeah, I will say outside of the top 30 slash miscut. Uh, for it, that's one guy to stay away from. You know what I was slash shocked to see this week? sleeper for Gibber. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I was shocked to see this week? Will Zalatoris wasn't the betting favorite. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> right, man. The hype man himself. I will well, say. Here. I will say. I'm going to throw one name out there for for the betting because we're just this. I like this betting segment right now. And uh, one guy I looked at deeply, Brian Gay, won recently in Bermuda. He's also won this Mark event Gay. before and is an absolute yes. stripe show. Uh, and has a wand of a putter. Gibber doesn't like the stroke, but I like that. It's a wand, and he may, if he gets that thing going this week, he uh, he's going to be there in contention. Uh, I did do some uh, some deep digging on Brian Gay's putting stats. In the last like 15 years, he's been in like the top 10 putters on the PGA Tour, like what is it, 12 or 15 years or something. <laughs> like, he's Gibber he's a wizard like with that. Yeah, no, I hate the stroke. If he, if he calmed that stroke down a bit, he'd be the best putter on tour every year. <laughs> uh, but so is that it for the betting? That's it for the betting. So, uh, I, I did want to say that uh, I want uh, Camilo Vijegas to play really well this week. Yes. I was very close to keeping picking him as a sleeper. He's been in great form lately, and I hope he keeps it going. Couldn't agree Love more. Camilo. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about, uh, I want to kind of bring back the equipment segment. Uh, hey, we haven't done this in a while. Wrench talk. I have a little bit of wrench talk today as well. So I got lots written down for wrench talk. Right. Uh, we saw, you know, had some folks write in, wanted to see a, a what's in the bag from the boys here. Um, we will be uh, doing that. I, I've kind of done a prelim on it. Colin wants me to do a video. I'm not a big video guy. He's a big so video guy. We're, we're turning Gibber into an influencer. Gibber the influencer. <laughs> uh, no, I, we'll, we'll see. Um, but what I want to talk about is the 48 inch driver. You see, it's a lot of people have been Jake testing Knapp, that with it out. Jake Knapp. Um, we we asked Pendy if he was going to talk to uh, or, or give it a go. He said maybe he'll see he's going for a driver fitting in January, so maybe they'll have him ha- take a couple swings with that. Um, and obviously Bryson. Um, I'm thinking like I would like to see, you know, are the stats really there um, to support it? Like, is it creating that much more clubhead speed? Like, for sometimes I feel like the you know you start swinging something longer. Like if it doesn't fit the leg in your golf swing, your speed's not going to be there. Um, but I guess it's, what is it? Only normal length is 45 and a half. Most, most tour players are 44 and three quarters. So, okay. Um, so it's like two and a half inches longer. They're starting to bump up now. Like Rory's like, I want to say Rory's like 46 and he's one of the shorter guys on tour. So okay. they're starting to, they're starting to bump up, but most of the guys up until I would say last year were 45 or 44 and three quarters. Okay. So I'd love to give it a go and just to see what happens. Um, but I, I, I'm interested to see come 2021, see how many guys got it in the bag. Cause you know, I watch you see Jake Knapp swings with it, man. That was just looking butter. Like he wasn't trying to go easy power. Yeah. And then you think with Pendy, like Pendy gets that club up so high, you put a 40 NH driver in that guy's hand, he's going to hit 25 past Bryson, right? Cause it's just, 
he has that longness to his swing. You put a longer driver in there for him. It in theory it should create more clubhead speed. But for someone like Rory, I'm not sure it would, right? Because Rory and JT are more compact, and they get from you know the the, the motion in their hips and, and you know driving from the ground up. Um, I don't know if they would get that, but it does in, it does increase swing speed. My uh, my cousin actually used a 48 inch driver before all this. Shout out Andrew Ross. I'll do another shout out to Garrett. Forgot to shout him out two podcasts ago. He's better at me than betting right now, so I'll shout him out. But uh, I will say that I've tried to swing the 48-inch driver before, and for for my cousin Andrew, it gave him a whole bunch of distance. He hit it great. I probably swing it 10 times, couldn't find the center of the club face once. I know it probably takes a little bit more to do that, but I do think it's you give yourself an extra two inches. I mean, it, it changes. Like You're so used to doing something repetitively over and over and over again. And in order to get used to that extra length, right? Like you start throwing extra length in there, you got to get it worked in. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, two inches makes a big difference. Um, <laughs> so, so that's one thing I want to try it. I want to see, um, obviously we don't have the connections to, to just be a toss a 48 inch shaft in, um, uh, cause you, you need the full fitting and you need to see which shaft goes with that, the extra length. That's the tough part. Um, next time we play with Pendy, hopefully he brings that and the nine wood, uh, and we'll get, get to take a couple rips with that. Um, but Rich, do you have any comments on the the forty eight inch? Because I do have one more. I was, I was just saying that that you brought up a very good point. You can't just throw a three inch extension in your driver and expect it to have the same performance uh, uh, characteristics. That will change it. The app like it would change it more than more so than just like switching the head out on your driver. It, it changes things big time. You have to do it right. You have to get fit properly. It will just like physics allows. Uh, it will allow more speed just because it's uh, the pendulum. But there is also a timing effect there, and I think when your timing is a little bit off, like we saw Bryson at the Masters, hate to pile it on him, but uh, the, the misses do get a little bit w- more wide. As for me, I could barely hit a seven iron consistently <laughs> on the face. I will not be trying a 48 inch driver anytime soon. That long um, one it, with that swing speed would be nice though. It'd probably help me. It'd help me smooth it out maybe a little bit, but uh, um, you guys That's are going to wrap around your body four times. Yeah, it probably would. And uh, I, I equipment wise, like I am yeah, a poor driver of the golf ball a lot of the time. When I'm when I'm hitting it well, it's like it's, I'm it's good, it but it's not as consistent. As well. <laughs> yeah, when you're hitting it well, you're hitting it well. <laughs> yeah, but um, but I, I've been thinking about going to even a 14 degree three wood, like just like one mm. of those low spinning rockets, and just have a deep face and just hit off I the like tee. Because I'm really comfortable with a three wood compared to a to a driver. But that's that's pre my new driver setup. Here's the thing. Send me that uh, M5 tour issue head. You can have my sim head because I can't hit. I it, I need something with more loft so you can have the sim head. We'll switch. Um, and we're, we're set there. The other thing I want to talk about was the autoflex shaft. Have you guys seen this? Haven't. Yeah, it's pink. The pink autoflex shaft. So apparently a lot of uh, players on the LPGA tour are using it. And now they. Uh, I follow, shout out to the boys at TXG, uh, Mike and Ian. Uh, I've been following all their testing on it. So I say background, Mike or Matt, it's Matt, the guy that does videos with them. Mike and Ian. Oh, Matt is one of the testers. Uh, Ian Frazier is the fitter yeah. and, and Mike is, Mike oh. is the guy that owns it. Um, oh, I thought Ian's, Ian's owner too. Ian and Mike. Yeah. Ian and Mike. Okay. Uh, Matt works there. Um, what's Matt do there? Well, with this, hey, he's, he's, he's the guy's just striping it all day. I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyways with the shaft though it's you know we've always had the theory like you know when you're swinging it hard you need a stiffer shaft this is a auto flex shaft it's one flex different there's a couple different weights but it legit looks like a pool noodle and when you hit it 
And I guess when I watched the videos, man, the results are shocking. I couldn't believe it. Um, after a couple of swings, uh, the tester Matt uh, was able to, you know, he honed it in and ball speed increased, carry distance increased. Uh, it was it was crazy. I, I that's another thing I'd love to test, uh, like to see how that feels. For me, that would like it would just like have that waggle. It'd just be too much for me. Uh, I, I don't know if I could hit it, but who knows, man? Like I guess the technology they call it um, was it KFT technology, something Korean fiber technology is the actual acronym, I guess. And um, it's interesting. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you see some guys on tour putting it in the bag because uh, it ev- everyone that tested it has had more more distance and more carry distance so what was more shocking the results of the driver or the price tag of the shaft i didn't see the price, the price tag. tag i didn't even care that. it's north i think it's north of 1100 and i think that's usd that's wild um, that's ridiculous crazy, crazy. Yeah. Not crazy expensive and not not super i don't think any of our the majority, majority. <laughs> if you put that no. in the bag yeah no, they're like, no, absolutely not. They're looking for they're looking for the eighty nine ninety five wedge that gave her a soft. Just choked okay. it, We're but I love fix it. That. I will, uh, and like the biggest, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, the biggest knock against it is like Giver said, yeah, he honed it in with a few swings, but like on the golf course, you don't have the the luxury of making a few swings between your iron game, your wedge game, your putting, mm-hmm. and then making a different swing with your driver swing. Um, as soon as you like there might be a little bit of posture adjustments, but you can really tell on a golf course when someone's trying to change their swing with their driver and three wood compared to their iron game. And, and, and it's never the guys that drive it extremely well. Um, so I, I think that would be my biggest knock on it. Um, but I also saw some of the results in the speed and givers, right. It's kind of eye opening. Um, mm-hmm. but that's where I stand on that. Where would you, what would you recommend to someone? Like someone's going to get driver, going to get a, a fitting for their driver, say, in the off season, maybe they're doing some simulator golf. You get on a simulator, one driver's performing better than the other, but it doesn't feel as good in their hand. What would you say? Uh, I go the one that feels. Do they have a fitter with them, or are they just doing them themselves? No, they would have a fitter with them, like someone helping them. Okay, so, so that that fitter knows what they're they're looking for. The first thing you look at uh, look at is um, the two things that determine you hitting a good drive, like optimizing your distance. Uh, and carry is your launch and your spin. So um, depending on your speed, let's say you're over 100 miles an hour, let's say you're on the 110, 115, uh, you want your launch angle around 12. So like most of the time, the shaft and the loft of the club will determine that launch angle. And then your spin right around 2200 to 2500, I'd say you want it to be stable on the golf course. So you can play it around. Um, Hitting the low 1800 knuckly bombs is great on the range. But when on a golf course, when when they mean something, you always want to spend it a little bit more to keep it in play. Um, so the, the three things I would look at is uh, yeah, delivered loft, the launch angle, um, and then your spin rate, which the biggest determinant of spin, spin rates loft. But are you focusing um, so like it, you get those numbers, but say they get those numbers and that driver's performing the best, but it doesn't feel the best. And move on to a different head. Yeah. So for, for me, if I'm sorry, when I'm getting a driver, for me, I have to set it down. It has to look good first. I have when I see it. Uh, there's certain drivers that, to me, when I set it down, look closed. If a driver looks closed, just throw it out. I, it's actually it's funny. Even this the Sim Three Wood that I have, I set it down. The face looks What's closed, and it just gets in my head. 
Yeah, and then I'm changing the grip on everything. I, I will. Um, I will say like the the sim did a great job with the paint job to make sure the face looks a little bit open. The three wood doesn't have like the same paint job as far as the face sitting. I didn't hit your three wood giver, but uh, it did have a, a little bit of a closed appearance. And and for you, neutrals seems close. <laughs> yeah, I, I need something like that's why that I want to get eighteen, too, like, eighteen degree like, head, and I want to open shot. it up, go down two degrees to get you know sixteen and a half or even sixteen degree. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, like that's it has to feel nice. Uh, sound is also important to me because uh, I look, I want to be as comfortable as possible. So when I look at honing in the distance now, you look at like all the manufacturers, you're not going to be too far off between. You know, if it's a Callaway or if it's a TaylorMade or the new Titleist, they're all, all the, you know, the, the, the C-suite um, club manufacturers are all right there. You got to look down. You got to like it. You got to like the setup because if, if you're looking down, you can't look at it. <laughs> See you later. I will argue that can't. the look and the feel is the most important part. And I'll look at numbers all day. But like if I'm if I like I would recommend if someone's going for a driver fitting and they pick one up and it feels really good, looks good. They're hitting the center of the club face which is super important, just buy it. Like, yeah, you can go into all these like super fittings, but at the end of the day, like if you hit that one in the center of the club face more effectively than the one with better spin rates, like it's going to perform better. So just go with the one for me that feels and looks the best. And pro tip advice, I would caution getting, you know, uh, fitted at, you know, say the golf towns of the world when, you know, you go in for a fitting and everybody gets fit for the new Cobra because the guys doing the fittings get a commission on it or something like it's that. 50- some guys care and some guys yeah. care about like patting the bank account. Um, just be cautious of who who's obviously yeah. fitting you. I will say this, all the companies, uh, they use the exact same testing machine. The tolerances are the exact same for testing their equipment. Um, as far as how much ball speed you get off a, a club face that the, it's all, it's all maxed out at this point. It's been maxed out for like almost 10 years. Yes. They're increasing the aerodynamics of the head. They're increasing the material. So it might get lighter. Or they might be able to shift the weight. The face is just as springy um, as it from a driver from 2015, as it is 2020. It, that, that hasn't changed. Might be a little bit more forgiving, but like Simo said, if you have the right shaft matchup and the shaft deflection is allowing you to hit the ball in the middle, um, that's the one you go with. Yeah. Love it. Um, mm-hmm. we, we will say that. A uh, little bit more wrench talk from me here. This is, uh, we'll make this super quick. I just saw this today. Um, Golf Pride Grip Talk. Um, they just came out with a brand new grip, or they're going to come out with a new grip. It's In case called- you weren't aware, I used the Lampkin Crossline cord. I do know that. <laughs> and that's pretty good style. I like those. Those are those are really nice grips. Um, player's grip, though. Like, cord's pretty harsh if you're not playing a lot of golf. I was um, just kidding because you guys chirped me if, like earlier when we started the podcast because I said it one pod like seven times. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> you guys chirped me about everything. I can't even say anything anymore. Um, the concept helix, it's called. No tape, no drying, no installation. It's a twist to lock on grip, and you could you could play it immediately when it goes on. It's like the the R seven when it came out, shifting weights or like the little hosel adapter that TaylorMade came out to adjust face angle. And change shafts. It's the same thing this grip is doing. About time. That's what I'll say. Think so? I love it. Yeah. I mean, I hate oh, the fact you get a new grip and you got to let it sit for at least, you know, whatever. Some of the good epoxies now are an hour or 20, 30 minutes. But I like the oh, idea. It, of it, it if you have a good guy putting on a grip, right, you could play it within 10 minutes. Yeah. If, if you install with air and you don't use oil um, or like, or like yeah. gas or whatever, and you, you put it on with the air, you can play it immediately. Yeah, well, even at Cherry Hill, I put it on, and within five minutes, I hit on the 
hit it on a yeah, golf we don't course. need those machines no. now saves the golf courses money maybe makes them a little bit more money but the grip i think is like a little bit thicker and it looks like it's from walmart <laughs> that's bad yeah that's just my that's my but maybe initial, it's the initial... first version of what's to come you know yeah i'm not sure but i thought that was kind of interesting and like for someone like i think a lot of like, times people are held back by like oh i can't get this grip on immediately i'll just play with my old grips going forward but if there's one in the pro shop it's like okay oh, yeah, I, I wanted to get this grip done if they could just go and put it on might uh it might be a quick seller i don't know i just saw it today and i thought you guys would have more of an opinion but i was wrong I how do they get it on it's like a, you literally like you have an a, adapter at the base of the grip it goes over the shaft you like slide the grip on and you like twist it i sorry i don't even know for sure but this is my idea you twist it and it locks on like gets narrower and then you pull the adapter off the other side and off you go like suction interesting yeah it must be like some sort of suction and then there's like a little weird concept cap at the top that you'd like twist yeah i don't know hopefully it's not like some, those something. little suctions that you got to put on your mirror when you're trying to put it on they come off every five minutes <laughs> you just take that swing and just sliding off or like you what can sections are you putting on a mirror call no, i do my beard you know <laughs> <laughs> this is getting weird yeah. wrench talk went for a whole other spin there i got a fucking barber um, studio i got the get yeah, my beard all right how bad are those like little putter sucking cups? I know we use it for what's your handicap, but like everyone, please stay away from those things. Those things are rotten. Oh Which. man, that's too much. <laughs> Anything else, uh, fellas? That's it for me. I think uh, that was that, <laughs> we went for a loop. We got off the rails a bit there, but yeah, that was, that was a long winded intro and outro. But I, like, I mean, the the interview will be a nice sandwich of entertainment because Mitch is way more entertaining than us. And uh, and yeah, we'll just keep rolling. That's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, hit that subscribe button, share this out on social media. We'll be back next week with another interview and episode. Until then, keep swinging.